So hello and welcome to Raise the Horns Radio. I'm Jason Mankey. I'm the guy who raises the horns and does this show at least once a month, sometimes twice, but mostly just once these days. Uh, thanks for listening. So I have a, kind of a special show for you all this week. It's not a live show. It's not a uh, show in the traditional sense. What it is it's a book signing that I did with my friend Laura, Temp- Laura Tempest Zakroff to celebrate our new book, The Witch's Altar, which just came out last week. Uh, we did a book signing at Serpent's Kiss in Santa Cruz, California, and before the book signing proper got going, we had a little Q&A session talking about altars, answering questions from the audience. We had our friend Angus McMahon host our little tete-a-tete, head-to-head little chat, mostly because, as you will probably notice while listening to the video, we were both very, very tired while we were doing this little presentation. Tempest had been on the road for about seven weeks at that point, literally driving from Seattle all the way across the country, down the seaboard, and then back across uh, to the West Coast. Uh, Just a huge loop of tours and shows. uh, she and her husband, Nathan, playing music, selling art, doing workshops. Oh, just a lot of work. Crazy. My life is not quite that hectic. However, the morning of the show that you're going to listen to, I woke up in Florida, and I woke up at 3 a.m. Pacific time so I could catch an airplane in Orlando from the Florida Pagan Gathering that I was attending, which was great and so much fun. Anyway... Got up really early, had to fly home, I got to take a shower once I got home, and then we drove to Santa Cruz. So I was a little punch drunk, a little tired. So it was uh, a great event, a great Sunday night, but Tempest and I were probably not quite at our best, though we still think the whole show is a lot of fun. We also go out and buy the witch's altar. If you don't want to buy the witch's altar, hell, that's fine too. I'll never, ever know. Uh, But most of all, we just hope you enjoy the show and enjoy us. Uh, talking about things. In addition to Angus, who I think you can pretty clearly hear, uh, one of the other voices you hear a lot is that of Susan Diamond, who is the owner of Serpent's Kiss. A pretty good teacher, pretty great teacher in her own right. And I think she has a loan book coming out relatively soon, like in the next year or two. She's awesome. So anyway, enjoy the show, and happy almost Thanksgiving and holidays. Thanks, as always, to Witch School for hosting Raise the Horns Radio. And I'll see you around. A good friend of mine has a bad case of creeping altar syndrome. Every single horizontal surface is a shrine to something or another. Or nothing in particular, just a random assortment of art, statuary, bowls, and candles. I suspect that this is less devotional and more retail therapy. And the net result of all this clutter is that there is no place for me to set my drink, and so I do not like going over to her house. <laughs> so I was asking for a friend? No, that's not <laughs> She's not here. No. No, she's not here. <laughs> I thought you were talking. I thought you were talking about our house, is what I was worried about. I'm like, where's, where's the problem? Oh, you, you are nothing compared to. Okay. So, creeping ultra syndrome. So, you could just bring a little table with you. <laughs> <laughs> or one of those chairs with the uh, cup. 
cup holder in it and you'd be set. I've seen what happens to those little chairs that have cup holders for them at uh, recent camping trip. But we don't get into that story. People think they're chairs and then they sit on them and bad things happen. I would say, though, that altars, as real, living, magical things, should have some level of organization and meaning. Also, if you're putting lots of deity statues on these altars, you probably want the deities to get along. Uh, So maybe you don't put, like, the Norse pantheon next to a bunch of loa from New Orleans Voodoo or something like that. So you could make those sort of suggestions to see if that might clear some space and bring some organization to the chaos. Very diplomatic way of approaching that. Or you can suggest, as we're getting to the beginning part of the year, this is a great time to clear the space and reset the altars. Or you could say the community seed yard sale is coming up. (laughs) And as always, I'm seeking donations. It sounds like a great pagan reality show. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> this week! <laughs> Coming to Netflix. <laughs> you love Sabrina. <laughs> I see the word alter a lot online, almost always because someone has misspelled the synonym for change. But I confess, the visual is kind of cool. And then I decided to alter the situation. Oh, step one, identify the problem. Step two, stick a candle and a statue on top of it. <laughs> you have like a you have you said something in the book to I keep did. the two different. I did. Because I was just scared the whole time I was writing that I was going to be the one who fucked everything up and did the <laughs> alter alter. It was you. I think that's what he's saying. <laughs> I know. I'm like, um, can I see the book? <laughs> I, I, it's, it's actually got a really good little... Thank you. See, my my author copies are in Seattle, and I've been on the road for seven weeks, so I don't have a copy of the book. Look at this book. It's awesome. I know. It's so cool. Okay. <laughs> there is a wonderful little thing. It's for altar and energy. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah, so I think that the altar with the E is for energy, right? So you think about something is moving. Uh, that's a good thing. I'm trying to find it. Oh. Um, put on some really fun music. Why I look for this? Do 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 I wonder if I which we actually used in a ritual one, so that is actually a ritual music. We were in a band and we, we had a, a cue. That oh, it's good for that, but we need to have something else. History. And so we should learn that. <laughs> well, I think there's the, the, the lesson here is there's so much information in this book. <laughs> no. Think about altar with the A has action in it, and that you should do your action, your activity at the altar. And so if you have the altar with the E, which is energy or changing or shifting things, then it's more of a, it's a verb. And verb also has an E in it. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta find it though. Ask Jason the next one. I yeah. Find, I, I feel like we just nailed that one. I feel like we nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, question for Jason then. Okay. 
Um, I got to admit, I looked at the Amazon page for this book. Mm. Uh, I picked a page at random, which you can do there. Yeah. And I found myself on a rundown on pentacles. Yes. I thought I was in the wrong book. Uh, yeah. So, one of the problems with writing these tool books, it's really hard to spend 50,000 words on, like, one thing. So, while we're kicking around ideas for this book, I think I said to Tempest, the pentacle is kind of like the altar on your altar. Also, yeah, genius, right? Also, also, Llewellyn is never going to release a book, we think, called The Witch's Pentacle. What if I wrote a chapter on the pentacle and it was really long, so like my half of the word count was done like right then. But also, part of that, though, is... The pentacle is a very, very misunderstood tool. We don't think about it very much. It's like a place you put your salt. and then, But you don't think about why you put your salt there. You just do it. So I thought spending some time with that altar on your altar would be a great idea for this book. Though I was convinced that Alicia, who is our editor, was going to cut that chapter out completely. You didn't think so. I was really sure that she was. But that's why that it's in there. I found the page. Oh. Page 23, for those of you reading at home. Verse 4. <laughs> uh, I'll just read it. It's a lovely little snarky paragraph. One of the most common spelling mistakes is he is confusing altar with altar, which, of course, you, you're just going to have to hear that. <laughs> Quite simply, an altar with an A is a noun. It's a place which also has an A, but it also has an E, so that doesn't help. Uh, on, the other <laughs> hand, on the other hand, altar is a verb, meaning to change, modify, or make different. Verb, as I said. I said it was good. I can't remember this. It's E. Uh, so one easy way to remember the difference between the two is to link the word alter with the noun activity. Go to me. Um, remembering that they both have an A. Activities happen at the altar. To relate alter with an E to another word, connect it with the verb evolve. It has nothing but E's. I don't know. So remembering the E in the word. So to alter something is causing it to evolve. Yay! And you're all going to spell it right on the internet now, right? Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm really paranoid, though. All, anytime somebody brings it up, I just assume they're mocking my contribution to the book and they found a place where I messed up. I'm really... I'm pretty sure that is the one thing that will definitely... Um, I hope. I hope. It won't, won't show up in the, you know, you misspelled word. Yeah, it's probably in there once. <laughs> All right, for both of you. One of you has a polymath of artistic talents coupled with a laser-like focus and the ability to organize a D-Day invasion in 15 minutes with a cat lying on your keyboard. Wow. The other has really good hair. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it smooth between oh, the two? Is it the mutual enemy of <laughs> evil editors? Or is it a good thing you two live 900 miles apart? I think we get along really well. Mm -hmm. The only the only difference is is that she writes really fast and I write really slow. Like I might take a thousand like a thousand words might be four hours of writing and it's excruciating. And I was worried we were going to repeat ourselves, so I would send her these messages like you know I wrote this chapter today and I wrote about this, and I would get re replies like I'm going to start writing the book next month. <laughs> it's true. So so that was a little panicky, but we never really overlapped and didn't really have any troubles. No. And there were the, I think there was some part where I was like, I don't really want to write about this. And he's like, I love that. I'm like, here you go. Yeah. yeah. Good. But this is not the first uh, time you two have tangled. Well, they fight all the time. 
<laughs> well, I'm always trying to spoon with Nathan, and Tempest is like, no. I, why? I, I got... You just, it just doesn't work. If you're busy with him, I can have Ari, so there we go, right? <laughs> this is the first time we've collaborated on a book. I said, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess so. We talked about it for a while, and we were going to write The Witch's Chalice, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask, where is that? The Witch's Chalice? Was, we don't know. It was supposed to be, when I wrote, when I did the proposal for The Witch's Cauldron, it was supposed to do uh, cauldrons, cauldrons and cups, and they're like, oh, no, no, we're going to think that's a separate book. So then I had to cut out all that chunk of the proposal. But then they called it The Book of Ritual Vessels, and I'm like, someone's going to go, where are the cups? We don't we don't know all the mysteries of Llewellyn. But you know, I guess I, I think vessels more enticing than kettles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, crockpots. The mysteries of cast iron. So yeah, we I think it was sort of the joke, and then we figured that altars would be more fun to write about than cups. We were looking for something where I could write like the history bits and some rituals, and then she could write a bunch of like magic spells so we would each do the thing that we were best at, and in my case, avoid the thing that I'm the worst at. <laughs> and I like technical stuff that's not ritual stuff. So, practical things that people can use. So maybe the next book you guys can collaborate on is What's Missing? Which would be... Pentagrams <laughs> and and chalices. I think we're gonna have to write it like expose of bloggers. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> 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 what really happens behind the WordPress? <laughs> <laughs> Inside the bloggers studio, <laughs> I'm sure Angus can do a James Lipton. It'll be great. Moving on. Um, Dennis, mm. you are a phenomenal artist. Yes. Yeah, Several yes. of which are right over there. Is it weird having someone else do the cover and inside pictures done that you didn't do for this book? I mean, as good as Mickey is? Uh, yes. Uh, but I already got over that with The Witch's Cauldron. Cause <laughs> people are like, oh, I love your illustrations. Like, well, the whole series is done by Mickey, and she's awesome, and she did a fantastic job with all of our... Uh, reference photos yeah so um the funny thing about that is since i didn't get to illustrate the cauldron book i did 133 illustrations i think for sigil witchery which i thought was awesome until i had to do them (laughs) (laughs) and so weave the liminal has six illustrations (laughs) and i did the cover but it was like one per chapter just right (laughs) <laughs> so, speaking of which, Tempest, um, uh, as phenomenal as Sigil Witchery is, it's not something I bought it because I just want to like to support my friends, and I'm actually getting into it. Because mm-hmm. of how cool it is. Are you very happy not to be talking about that tonight? <laughs> <laughs> so, I've taught over 32 workshops in the last seven weeks on Sigil Witchery. <laughs> Yeah, I think I kind of got to the end of But I, I love I love the topic, and I particularly love being able to teach people how to make magical symbols without all the crap that um, many systems like to imply. And especially right now, I feel like people need to find their own power instead of, you know, assuming it comes from other places. Like I, being all come all across this country 
And everyone's like, oh, I think we're the only people thinking like this. And it's been great to go to all these magical stores all over and be like, you guys are not the only ones. This, there's, you, know, you, you can do it here, and you can do it here, and there's a root-level change that's happening. So that, to me, is really inspiring. But probably I, I don't want to see um, teaching that for another week. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a month. Maybe December. Maybe January. I want Pantheon. <laughs> isn't, isn't it nice that we get to do, like, witches' altar classes twice? And then never again. Tonight and tomorrow, <laughs> then we never get to. We'll probably never do this again. Uh, I wouldn't, why, why do you think I that? That's true. I don't know. We're both busy. No, because we we have to we have to come together at some point and create a master class of altar stuff. Yeah. Altering your altar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And other altar. alternatives. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah, that's the alternatives, right? <laughs> so, so this is like this is like behind the scenes dirt on how books get written. So, all of these books have little excerpts from other writers, like uh, Jenya. Are you in this one? I am. Yep, Angus is in this one. Um, Tempest is in one of mine. I'm in one of hers. I mean, like all kinds of different people do these books and they have to have little silly names Llewellyn does for these little side sections and our editor thought alternatives I think I actually was was the bad person who suggested it but we didn't expect her to let us use it because it was terrible and then she fell in love with it so when you read that in the book don't really blame us her name is Alicia Gallo (laughs) Woodbury, Minnesota is the home of Llewellyn yeah. It's it's my fault. I have many bad ideas, good ideas, bad ideas. Mostly good. Yeah. You gotta be careful what you send to your editor because. Well, we had other options that seemed far more likable. <laughs> and then I think other people are like, "What does this mean?" But Alicia pressed forward with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's not gonna. I'm recording this for a podcast, and I know Alicia won't listen to it, so we can say this. <laughs> Love Fine. you, Alicia. See, I'm standing up for you. I love her. I I I love her. I owe her. I I owe her everything. But you know, sometimes you disagree. Well, it's not just her though. There's also a whole team of people. So you know, it's like one person reads the book and decides that's how it's going to be. There's like a huge staff. Everyone reads it and goes, you know, input like, what is this idiot talking about and other such things. So, which is good because that means we have a wide audience and different people are looking for different parts of material. Um, versus I hate to admit it, they do make the book better. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. people see things in different ways. So if you have three people who are coming from the same tradition, they all understand it. But you have someone else who's like, well, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Then it makes the book better. So for all the flack that Llewellyn has gotten from the 90s, it's not the 90s anymore. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know if you go to Target right now, it kind of looks like the 90s is happening, but... <laughs> it's only the 90s. Flannel's back in a big way. <laughs> there are some good things, but the thing is they have really progressed, I think, for, for really crafting quality books. And they look up every citation that you send them, and they'll be like, Jason, you left a comma out in this citation. You have to be better than that. <laughs> and no, they told me that, but they're right. I need to be better than that. But, I mean, they do check everything, and that's, they're so um, precise about those things now. <laughs> Speaking of the uh, alternative versus the mini essays that came in from other writers, did any of those like surprise you? Affect the tone of the book or <coughs> change the content of what you two were writing? 
we looked at things that we knew we weren't going to write about or be qualified to write about, and that's not a joke. Like, we got little Dorsey, who writes books about voodoo and lives voodoo every day and is a priestess and teaches voodoo. I was like, will you write about an altar in voodoo? Because that's really not our wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, too. Yeah, and we found somebody to write about uh, altars in heathen traditions. So that's really was a lot of it, was to find people to fill in those gaps. And also, the more people we brought in to write the book, the less we had to write. Which was <laughs> <laughs> so this is, I think this, this, you can see if you compare it to the other ones, I don't know how much they cut out, because I think we had gotten to 60,000, and they're only supposed to be 50. Yeah. So this one, you're, you're getting the extra bonus points. There, we had a lot of stuff for this book. Yeah. And uh, there was some contributions that really hit the cutting room floor, I mean, a couple of chapters that were cut out that we thought were good chapters. I think one of them was the body as an altar, which mm-hmm. we thought was this brilliant idea, and they were like, no. Well, it was, I think, so we ended up at like 75 or 80K, so I mean, that was a lot that had to get cut out. So they, it wasn't that they were saying it was bad, they were just trying to trim line it to, I mean, you could, you could write a whole book on the body as an altar in a sacred place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And We we use it for blog stuff. Yeah, you've already written it. Yeah. No, I've reused everything. Uh, Use it for for blogs, like, you know, adapt, like, kind of as, like, adapted and excerpted from or whatever, uh, just to supplement. I don't like to ever waste a piece of writing if it's good. Yeah, I think the other one was the elements as altars. Yeah. I did a really in-depth thing, so I think I'll release that in the blog. You know what's really Do you know what's really cool about the excerpts of people though is like so many of them end up getting Llewellyn book contracts after being in one of those. Jenya was in one. Uh I don't know if any of you know Gwen and Phoenix up in the North Bay. They are they both have Llewellyn contracts now and they were in this book and they were in your book, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so it just kind of builds on itself and I got into the private party at Pantheon. Yeah. Well, it does say, like, on the description of the book, it says, other famous witches and pagans like Angus McMahon. It says it right there. Yeah, I know, but I I geeked out about it. I was like, yeah, you're, like, right on the back. Yeah, before Gwian, of course. Right after Lon Milo Duquette, which is pretty freaking good. Yeah. Of course, Jen Jenya's listed first, though. I think it's alphabetical order. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, Beachy comes before McMahon. Oh, I see. Yeah, I guess it kind of is. Oh, well. No, because... No, because... No, no. Because Lupa is after Angus. Is after Angus. And that's an L. Yeah. Yeah, well... Yeah, no, she's after Angus McMahon. It's going to get worse as we go on. So, so all of this, what part of the project surprised you two? What was the, the toughest thing to, to work with? I thought for me the toughest part was I got the history parts, and I thought, you know, looking up altars in history will be so easy. 
I mean, this has to be like the first ritual tool, and there's nothing. It was it was like pulling teeth to find out any sort of information about altars from the ancient world, because I think it's just assumed the altar is going to be there, and no one cares about the history of it or why this altar was used in a certain way. Like the knife book, there's like a pretty clear path of knives used in religious ritual and especially magical ritual. There's a history of magical grimoires and books, but there's not really a very well-defined history of the altar in especially ancient pagan traditions. I think it goes back to the first question that you had, which was the person like, I don't know where to put my drink, is in the past, I think people considered everything sacred. Well, that was like one of the things that I wrote was like altars, it's where we put our stuff. Which is a line I really hate, and it stayed in the book anyways, but it was like, you know, if the first religious thing happened 30,000 years ago with red paint, they had to set the red paint somewhere, so that was an altar. I think it was trying to get questions from people for what they're looking for for their altars, because like, when you have your own practice and you're doing it, you're like, okay, and you're doing it for a long time, you tend to problem solve on your own, but for somebody who might be just beginning on their path, it's like, what are the basics and making sure we had that covered so that was like keep combing the internet and asking people online like what are your questions about altars and we did finally get that into the the fact in the back yeah that was the favorite that's my favorite part to write yeah but it was a little pulling teeth you know and then questions that didn't have anything to do with altars we got about to be all altars <laughs> <laughs> next book next book um, for me, I have to drag myself in changing the house altar, but I always feel great when it's done. Mm-hmm. Anyone else have that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of house Yeah, don't want to do it, do you do it? And it's like, oh, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> and when I do, I end up with like a visual schematic of what's going on inside me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, it is quite, uh, well, I don't ex- try to explain it, but Karen will come into the room and she's like, what's going on here? And then I'll have to explain what I think just happened <laughs> with the altar. And what I do is like, right, that's what I need to do. And that's where we are, and that's where I need to go. So, yeah, that really wasn't a question. That was just an observation. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good observation. I have a question that comes from a lot of customers. And it's like, oh, I'm missing this one piece, and I haven't found it yet. And I don't feel like I can engage my altar. And I'm like, you absolutely can. But, but they feel like until they find that missing piece, they don't have a complete space. Mm-hmm. And yet, they don't want to just get the thing rather than the special thing that calls to them. So, how would you advise those people? I feel like part of that, especially when they're starting out on their path, it's almost a um, personal blockade that's put up. It's like, oh, I'm going to start this new thing, but what if I do it wrong? I'm sure if I have all the right pieces, then it will magically come together, and it's like, well, you're going to find something else (laughs) to stall until you do it. And it's better to even just have an empty space and know that that's your empty space and start the practice. I think that's the thing people expect that, you know, like everything comes in the Bible. Here's the one book that tells you to have all these things. And just creating the space into itself and then adding to it, making sure that you're actively, again, action, alter, doing the thing versus going, I need the stuff. You don't need the stuff because it starts with you. Mm-hmm. But the stuff, we love stuff. 
I, that's been part of Stitcher Witchery too. We love stuff. You can, we love things. We're a ritual, tacky species. So we love stuff. But we also have to get over ourselves and start the process so that we can become more tacky. I wonder sometimes if people look at stuff and think, well, it's not magical enough or it's not good enough. I mean, I know one of the things I think about, like with a personal altar, it should have something for earth, air, fire, and water. And a feather works really well, then you can find those for free outside. Or a pine cone works well, and you can find it free outside. And I think some people are like, well, that's just too easy, right? Shouldn't it be more difficult? Shouldn't I you know, have to get this special thing that costs $80 or wait until somebody even better gives me the thing worth $80? You know, and they just, and it's what you're saying, they kind of tie themselves up, worrying about it for no real reason. Another suggestion, Jason, is that if they see a pine cone and it's, it's too free, okay, walk five miles and then come back and get that pine cone. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be a pine cone you walk five miles to find. Yeah, and it's, it's worth goes up because of the five miles. Make a donation. Mm-hmm. Make an offering. Like yeah. 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 You know, it's like I just picked up a pelican feather, so maybe I can make a donation to birds in the Audubon Society. Cats and altars. There's a cat over there. Sorry, my my attention just went cat. Is there a cat in there? Sorry, cats and altars. Cats and altars. They seem to get along too well or not well enough or... They end up in places on the floor. They end up real. In our experience, in our and I's house, they they do well together. I was convinced for several years that the cats did not climb on the working altar with the fragile tools on it. Until, of course, I found your cat climbing on the altar with the fragile tools on it. She is, actually. We have a picture of that, really. There's, there's, there's a special tail switch for that. Uh, I'm trying, uh, videos, videos. Uh, so, I've always had, up until uh, five years ago, cats that were respected the sacred space. They like They would join in if we did a ritual inside the house, but they wouldn't get on the altar. And... Uh, when Nathan and I got together, his cats were very interested but didn't get in the altar. And then we got Sam. <laughs> he loves altars. He was like, I'm going to get on that. And, uh, you know, so I had, we had altars everywhere, like in this window that's like eight feet up, and there's no way the cat could up. He got up there. Uh, he knocked the statue of Lilith over. It's in the book, yeah. and uh, ours don't do that. And he's um he's he's gotten much better. We just redid the hearth altar before we left, and I came in one day and he's just sitting on it like, this is where important things go, including my butt. <laughs> so um, yeah, there's somewhere a great photo on my Instagram of him just sitting there. Please just punch. When you write a book for Llewellyn, you have to like put in the book where you want pictures to go like picture call outs and so you know we're each doing that sort of independently and we both had picture call outs for our cats on the altar because we both caught them red handed is that him on the altar yes He's such a good boy I'll leave it on my phone so folks can can see so was that your cat in the picture then um 
I don't know if I sent this photo. But yeah. I think this was after. This was posted uh, April 12th. Cause one one of the cool things is you can see your like altar shit in the book. Like you know, it's like oh, that's my altar. But like they've never. If I send them a picture with a cat, they never draw my cat. And they're really they're really serious about it. Like I don't think this is either of our cats. No, but the expression is quite right. Yeah, but that's my altar. <laughs> with your wait, that has a fluffy it's tail. Your altar, but not your cat. Yeah, no. but tempest cat on my altar. No, no, <laughs> bending time and space. <laughs> It has a fluffy tail. None of our cats have fluffy tails. Yeah. It's it's probably Mickey's cat yeah. on your altar. Is that consensual? Mickey's cat on my altar? I don't know. I think her husband Dan would beat me up. I don't know. It just seems seems problematic. I'm still mad when we did the, the Witch's Book of Shadows book has a cat on the altar and it was black. And I have a black cat, but she has a little white dot. And I was like, can you just put a little white dot on the cat on the altar? I mean, on the cover. And they're like, no, we can't do that. Yeah. It's hurt me. Aside from cat butts, what's the weirdest thing you two put on the altar? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Weird things on altars. Hey, we're witches, so <laughs> everything's weird. <laughs> yeah, like something really normal. Um, what is normal? Um, I think there's probably things related to pro football on mine from time to time. I think my. Uh, Shogun Warrior, like I got in the 70s, is like a two foot tall toy. It's the only toy I have from my childhood. I think he's been on the altar a couple times. Yeah. Oh, everything has its place. Sorry. I'll have a, I'll, I'll wake up at 3 a.m. and remember, like, oh, that one time that weird. No. I have a rosary from the band Ghost. I put that on the altar a few times. Love Ghost so much. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all I've got except for uh, you know what's 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 exciting on the calendar for you two next year. We both have lots of excitement. Yes. So we we both have books coming out January eighth, uh, right? Not, not yeah. Book. Not this not book. Not this book. We have both have books coming out in just like two months. Yeah. The, well, this is why the writing this book was harder than it sounds because we both were working on our other books while we were writing this book. What are these other books you're writing? Thanks. What a great question, Nathan. So, We have the Liminal Living Modern Traditional Witchcraft, which is all about crafting an authentic tradition of witchcraft or practice for yourself using your background, your inspirations, where you live and a few other things. Uh, it is uh, the book I wanted to write in my 20s and wish I had back then. So it's sort of um, very much also inspired by Doreen Valiente's Witchcraft for Tomorrow, which has always been one of my favorite books to recommend, um, which is now kind of a little out of date. So I'm hoping that this will kind of follow in those footsteps. I'm very, very excited about it. It's a really good book. Thanks. Yeah. It's really different. It's like it's the exact opposite of my book, which is fun. I like your book too. Yeah, my book's called Transformative Witchcraft: The Greater Mysteries, and it's about transformative rites within witchcraft traditions, especially drawing down the moon, possession by deity, 
building the cone of power, so working with energy and different ways to work with energy. And all this stuff includes lots of rituals, of course. Uh, initiations and elevations, which I think are really great ceremonies that we don't do enough of anymore and are really transformi transformative experiences if done right. There's a big history chunk at the beginning. I've been told it's not very boring, which is really flattering. Um, <laughs> no, like Llewellyn's notes to me, like... Llewellyn's notes were like, Jason, wow, this isn't really boring for history. And I was like, well, they're like, we usually don't like these kind of things. But it's like on whether or not Gerald Gardner was initiated into witchcraft in 1939. And it also talks about some other old traditions and like maybe where they came from and how old they are. And then the last bit is all about the great right. And I'm really super proud of this book. And when I get it in January, I'm going to sleep with it under my pillow for two weeks. Because <laughs> it's my first book not about tools. So I'm really <laughs> excited. Yeah, I really like how you um, really go in depth about all these things that most Wicca books just kind of, this is the thing, do the thing, without explaining why. And I think that's essential, especially in all passive witchcraft, is to ask why and how instead of just reading the book, absorbing it, and doing the thing. So one of the things I like about your book is uh, I think it's something that's going to have a lot of crossover appeal to you know, what we call now the aesthetic witches mm. who, you know, work with a lot of crystals and stuff and buy things that free people. And sometimes there just doesn't feel like there's a lot of spirituality behind some of it. And I think that you can speak to those people and maybe infuse some of what they do with spirituality, though I don't think what they do is wrong because however you define yourself as a witch is great and whatever you choose to do is great. But I think that you're like... It's like a missing piece for people. And I think I think it'll be really great and be in print for like 40 or 50 years. Did you guys do launching the camping Yes, yes. Uh, Llewellyn, because we do all the festivals, they do like try to release our books near the festivals. Yeah. Really hope that we all have a nice early solstice present. Yeah, I think it'll probably be out by Christmas. Yeah. Sigil Witchery last year came, this past year came January 8th, but it was out like the first week of December, so. Yeah, we found this like the 15th of October, I think, mm -hmm. is when I got copies, like three weeks early. Oh, yeah, but I couldn't get it until recently. Yeah, it took a while to get into the warehouses and stuff. Uh, Amazon just only started having it, like the reviews went live, I think actually on the day. Friday. Yeah, yeah, official day because usually if it's are available earlier, like waiting for the reviews to come in because we don't oh. look at those. Oh my God, those are so <laughs> scary. Like, it's, like there's nothing worse than seeing that your book got a one star review and then reading the review and like going, why did it get a one star review? Not what I thought it would be. Author only talks about himself, and I'll admit I'm good at talking about myself, but I swear the book is not all about me. Yeah, <laughs> I swear, I swear. No comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all the prepared questions I got. Who's got something else? Yes. I have a question. I'm a relative newbie. So, um, and I started off reading a whole lot of books. And I promise I'm going to buy your book, so this isn't to say anything negative. Um, it is, though, the difference between instruction and intuition. Um, I've gotten to the point to where things start to speak to me. And things go on my altars. A lot of them are connected to people I love. And um, I mean, and then you read a book and say, you should do this, you should do that. But I know what speaks to me. Balancing those two things. I mean, I'm going more and more towards intuition. 
as opposed to instruction. Um, do you have an opinion on that? You should always do what works for you. Every book that I write, I try to say that uh, what you should always do what makes sense to you should always do what works for you. There are no absolutes in witchcraft, no matter what books say. There are no absolutes. Mm -hmm. Do what works for you. Uh, I think that's really what we we focus on, particularly in this, is that, yeah, because people are like, well, I'm supposed to put my altar in the north. Well, why are you putting it? Just because, again, the book said it. We, we give background information, but I'll, I know I definitely am, like, underlined make an altar it's for you it's for your experience it's not for somebody else's so that one-on-one is going to be key trusting your gut the logical place to put it is where people cross the most mm-hmm. the crossroads of the house and that's where i have bridges well um it is not in a specific direction but that's what resonates for me mm-hmm. that's in the right spot yeah, that's the perfect spot. You get a star. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people feel that way. Like, like I think most, you know, and I think people that have shops or people writing books, very often, and I've seen you guys doing your books too, it's like encourage your own personal experience. But having somebody else's experience often inspires us mm-hmm. in ways that we wouldn't think of before. So I, I, I think the combination, first of all, I always do, you know, even, you know, and owning shops where I'm selling stuff. So like, I will often tell people, go make your own lawn. You know, that's where the magic is. You know, trust yourself, trust your spirit. Um, but it's beautiful to see other people's inspirations and experiences and doing it for a long time. And just, like, you would take a beautiful, juicy piece of fiction and incorporate it in your life in some way, you can take somebody's beautiful experience and, and, and magically work with that too. So yeah, it, it's one of the beautiful things about our traditions or our lack of tradition in some ways is that we are not bound by any rules. And that's what's so glorious and so beautiful for personal experiences that being said, having amazing experiences from so many people, we can be inspired by. Mm-hmm. Never forget that some of the best things you can learn in reading a book is you. Yeah, they yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 like, This is what not I would not. never do yeah. that. Like, me, not me. Why would I not do that? And then you learn something about yourself. Yeah, that's uh, one of when I first was doing began dancing. Was a uh, someone told me you can learn what to do or what not to do from watching or listening to somebody else or seeing them dance. So, inspiration works both ways. Including like you know when you know an author is not an ethical person, you know it's like. It's, you don't necessarily have to do anything else that was. Um, you know, if you know that this information is gifting you something in some way, but if the source is not good, that's okay too. Just take what you will from whatever you got and make it your own. So, I think, excuse me, I think that uh, it's kind of like being a musician that you learn the techniques first. It's wonderful to have a book so that you can learn yeah. the technique. You learn how to play the instrument. You learn you learn the uh, the classic way to do it, and then you can go off and play jazz and do, you know and break all the rules and do your do your own thing and find your inspiration. I'm so happy that my first two years were spent as a solitary. I'm gonna really let you talk next, and 
I, because then I learned to do things how worked how it worked for me best instead of just looking at books and or teachers telling me to do X and X and X. You know, the guy who like kind of runs one of the covens you're in is a dick, so don't listen to him very often. Yeah, you know, do whatever he says, do the opposite. It's usually wise. Um, I used to think that altars were going to be like landed things or things that would be on like shelves or places. And since I've moved into um, Santa Cruz recently, um, I have an apple tree outside of my window. And I found that I'm hanging, I have lots of friends who want to come over the hill and visit here. And so I think my new altar is, is a tree. Yeah. And so I love that idea because when I wake up in the morning, I see, you know, the St. Bridges Cross that one of my mm -hmm. friends crafted for me. Yeah. And then a chakra wheel and then um, a dream catcher from my son. So I think it's very different for me now than before. And I think it's great to be imaginative and just, just I don't know, optimistic and imaginative. I love that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I want to. I like want to add an amendment to this book. You know? Actually, that is in my section. Is it? It is in your section. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like, and then the wind catches it, and then the monarch butterflies are, are are fluttering around, and it's part of nature. So it's a totally new experience mm -hmm. for me, witnessing that daily. Well, altars should be living things, yeah. and it's even yeah. better like when your altar is really, really a living thing. Yeah. Which is what the problem gets me to finally change my altar is I realize it's dirty. Mm -hmm. It's dusty. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That means the energy in it is also being dusty. So. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to end up with Angus Here's a Who or something <laughs> from the dust. <laughs> I was just going to say that for me, my altar is living and it's breathing and grows with me. And as I learn and as I grow, my altar learns and grows with me. Some of those places that may be empty spaces now, as I learn and grow, will be filled with something and something else might be taken off as I learn something different or grow. So my altar is constantly changing with me and as I grow in my spiritual path, so will my altar. It's kind of like my companion through this whole journey that I'm on. That's excellent. Yeah, and it should. You you know, that's the thing about this practice, this path, is that you it's always growing and changing and shifting. So your sacred space should always follow along with you. If you're just like, well, but it's only just going to look like this. And of course, there are traditions where when you're working in a group, yeah, have to have you know, so everyone knows where the proper places is to put the stang, to put this thing, put that thing, so that everyone's working together. But when it's your own space. And then, again, it could be your body, it can be in your car, it could be at the ocean, it could be any of these different things. It should, you should allow yourself to grow. Otherwise, your path is going to stagnate. Yeah, and changing, like, everything about your altars can be really fun. I'm just thinking, like, we bought a, so we have a lot of scotch in our house, and we needed, like, a <laughs> new bar to store a lot of it. And so we bought this beautiful piece of furniture to store the scotch in, but it took the place of the back altar in our living room, which we had had in our house for Ari and I together before I lived in California, like for 15, 18 years. And 
but I wanted to keep that because it was like the first piece of furniture we ever bought together at Target, you know, so it has a lot of sentimental memories. Yes, it's a really great bookshelf. And um, so I had to move everything, but we put like a new uh, shrine area in our ritual space that we used for the first time at Samhain, and it was beautiful. It was so perfect. And we moved, uh, I put in, like, because I moved all the bookshelves in my office, a small bookshelf went into the ritual room, and that was so perfect. And it's just so exciting to see all of my things, like, rearranged. And it's like some of the deity statues are breathing again for a while. And I'm just, as you can tell, I'm really excited about it. Because, um, what's that? Nothing. Yeah. It's been, it's been a very long day. Well, probably a little punch drunk. But it's, uh, but it's just so great. And uh, because all of my altars are living, breathing things. And all of the stuff that I put on my altars, I also are, like, living, breathing things, like like all the athames and all the chalices and stuff, to rearrange them on the altars is so exciting, and it, it feels like it just re-energizes my practice and everything else. You're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I got up at 3 a.m. this morning. Uh, I was in Florida for a festival this weekend and had to fly back today for here, so, so if I'm goofy, it's probably for that. <laughs> But I, I'm also excited. Um, we do sometimes for sure. For sometimes for sure, like before a long trip, I will take a bottle of the good stuff and uh, give it. We have a. I. It is kind of like an altar in our backyard. We have a place where we leave all of our offerings. It's a lemon tree. It's where we honor the gods. It's where the fae live in our backyards. And I will always pour a little bit of scotch there or a really good bottle of cider before a trip. And I'll say, you know, just to make sure that I come back to this place so I can be here with all of you. So, yeah, there is some good scotch offerings. And Santa Morta gets a lot of tequila on her altar, too. Yeah. How many altars do you have? Uh, we have one, two, three, four, five, uh, six... Seven. That's an altar. Eight, nine, nine. Indoors right. And up, In, uh, a ten with the lemon tree in the back. How many do you have? We have a sensual hearth altar, and then Nathan kind of has his own area. I have my studio area, and we also have a shrine in the backyard. So uh, that condensed down because it used to be altars everywhere before Sam. So. <laughs> so. I, for me, if I have a bookshelf, there's always been an altar on top of the bookshelf. Yep. It just seems like the natural place. So we also have a fireplace mantle, which is a natural place for an altar. And then we have a working altar, which is just that we use during ritual. Um, but, it, you know, we have a ritual room, so it just sort of always stays set up anyways. So that's why the... Unless the landlord's coming over. I had to dewitch the house recently. <laughs> oh, it was painful. We had to take your paintings down. I know, I know. Yeah. Both of you just mentioned the word shrine, and I was wondering if you could maybe explain the difference between altar and shrine. Is there a difference? Can I, can I answer this the Isaac Bonowitz way? You want to answer it the Isaac Bonowitz way? <laughs> like, there's, there's definition. I know. There, but it's just, I've always wanted to do this. So the first pagan festival I went to, um, Isaac Bonowitz was there. And he, uh, somebody asked him a question. And he goes, 
the answer is in my book. Um, in this case, it's on page 10. But you can actually answer the question. Wow. Well, page 10. That? Get it? Is it on page 10? It's on page 10. On page 10. Read along. Okay, so, you know, the altar is any place of action. So that can be many different things. Um, and you can get a, if you get a room full of P words together, you can have them arguing about what is an altar and what is a shrine. Uh, but a shrine is to consider to be a place that is made sacred by its associations with a deity, holy person, or relic. So it can be a box, a case, a receptacle, a corner, a room, or a building. Ooh. A shrine is often designated as a place of devotion to a specific saint or deity or may, and may house a relic pertaining to that spirit. So um, for those of you who are not recovering Catholics, uh, relics would be bones or fragments of saints and other important people, um, possibly. Uh, for example, the bone, hey, the bones of a saint. <laughs> a piece of saint's blessed clothing and similar items are all considered to be relics. Or the shrine may be a place where that person or spiritual personality was born, died, or appeared. Because of this association, people may make a pilgrimage to that shrine as part of their devotional practice. So it tends to have that very specific personality connected to it, where your altar, if you're just thinking about your sacred place, it's where you are interacting with the divine, the spirits, the ancestors, whatever that is. Um, if you have people who are also journeying, pilgrimaging to your altar, then... It could be a shrine. It could be a shrine. <laughs> and you're doing something right, especially if you're charging a mission. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you'd say the, the house on the rock is a type of shrine. I mean, there there are, I do talk about roadside shrines in there too. I think there, there are so many things that can be considered. It's in our society here, like we have so many separations between the sacred and the secular, but consider Aboriginal culture does not. And I would love to see our society emerge to see sacred and secular is just blurring the lines and that sacred space is everywhere and perhaps we would treat each other and the planet better. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's a soapbox. That was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Was that, were you standing on an altar? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Uh, there's only a lamp. I can stand on Jesus. <laughs> 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 no. I don't even I know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It depends if you're acting or not. If you're going to, alter you're going to be an altar or a shrine. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else? Other thoughts or questions? All right. You have any final thoughts? It's the final guitar. No. <laughs> See, you, you've been up early, but I've just been on the road for yeah. ever. You've had a rough several weeks. President's Day weekend. It's always it ends on the Monday of President's Day. It's like fifteenth to the nineteenth. Yeah. It's just at the double tree in San Jose. <laughs> I think I think we are I think right now we're not allowed to say that we're on the schedule or not, but it will, we at least have one thing on the schedule a piece. Mm -hmm. And Tempest will certainly be vending. 
and uh, I'll be drinking. <laughs> At Pantheon? No, just one, I think. Oh, I hope so. I'd like to do more. I think you're on for two. Yeah, but we're not allowed to say, but yeah. It's on the website. Is it on the website now? Yes. Okay. Or unless it's still last year's. Um, until they confirm the schedule, like they contact all the presenters and then you're supposed to see if there's conflict. So they don't want to confirm the schedule, you know, have people say, oh, I'm going to be at this time when they have to move time slots around. So the applications have been They've probably approved what they're going to approve at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But there still could be other things. Up you on. never know. And then there's always all the stuff in the uh, suites and things, too. So there's like a whole second layer of programming at Pantheacon mm -hmm. as well. And then there's just the conversations that happen at the sushi bar over whiskey, which is probably like my favorite part. Well, because I like talking to p other pagans because it's not the whiskey. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we usually have better whiskey in our room. You know, like Michael. Yes. Uh huh. I started out with witchcraft uh, in the early 70s. My altar was a candle because there was nothing around. Now that you have put out a book about altars, I find it really great. I mean, I've been reading books for years since they started publishing. But now you've That's got how old he is. <laughs> <laughs> they had books back then. I mean, I mean, it was all in cursive before. <laughs> but what what has come from this is that there's a lot of new people that are coming along, and they're getting something where they can begin with, other than just a candle. But. That candle worked very well for me at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I still have Yeah. Well. The candle holder. holder. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you didn't do a lot of burning. <laughs> and then you're like, I lit it. I blow it out. I lit it. I blew it out. <laughs> or you're like, no, it was this big. But thank you both for doing this. Though Llewellyn yeah. prints a lot of tool books, you really don't need any tools, I mean, to do witchcraft. I mean, it, the, everything that you need is on you already or can be found in your kitchen if you really, really need a tool. That's a, that's a lot of the joy of what we do. The joys of witchcraft. It is. That's the next, next book. book. <laughs> <laughs> and again, before we wrap up, thank you all so much for coming. Thank it's thank so you. amazing. <laughs> Buy lots of stuff in the store. It's hump day on Pagans Tonight. That was uh, Jason Mankey and Raise the Horns Radio. He'll be back in two weeks, hopefully as my guest, and hopefully with Laura Tempest-Arkoff, talking about the book that they were talking about with the uh, the altars. The, I, I've got my copy. I'm, I'm reading through it and uh, hope to, to be talking to him. If not, this the next show, uh, definitely in December, I'll be having Jason as my guest. So I told him, I said, you get a twofer. You don't have to do your show. We can just do both of our shows together and make it one thing. So <laughs> stick, her, stick around for that for sure. Um, also, uh, you know, it was a very special 11-11-11. Uh, well, 11-11 this year. It was a very special 11-11-11 seven years ago. Um, this year marked the 100th anniversary of the end of World War One. 
and where we get 1111 as the armistice day and of course you know we're into 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 numbers and understanding the the power behind numbers uh, 11 is a very sacred number well it was on 11 11 11 seven years ago that Selena Fox took a chance on me thank you Selena and um, we we did the very very first show here and she took a chance on pagans tonight as well uh and so far it's been a a great journey uh with selena fox and the circle sanctuary ministers doing their things every tuesday night here on pagans tonight and i've i've moved on to uh basically manage herd the cats here <laughs> at pagans tonight uh so I, I thought it would be a good night to go ahead and do a retrospect and look back at the very first show that Selena and I did, Pagan Warrior Radio. It was a focus on those who serve us um, and who are pagan. And there's also a very special announcement. The Pagan Military Service Ribbon was first announced on that show. So if you've not gotten yours, if you've served... Uh, if you want some more information, if you know, if you have loved ones who served that might be interested, well, you can get the information. And uh, Selena still does ceremonies here on, on Pagans Tonight from time to time to award them. And you can catch, uh, get awarded uh, Pagan Military Service Ribbon if you happen to make it to PSG. But I'm going to quit talking. <laughs> I'm going to quit talking and let you enjoy, oh my gosh. With all the 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 uh, the roughness of the very first time we're doing the show, well, okay, I edited out one big goof, but <laughs> but here, enjoy the very first pagans tonight, pagan warrior radio with Selena Fox, uh, me Pam Kelly, and you're gonna hear David Ewing, you'll hear David Sassman, and a lot of other people from from the Circle Crew, Circle Sanctuary Crew. So thank you very much, and have a wonderful Wednesday. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the premiere of the debut of, uh, of Pagan Warrior Radio. Um, I am uh, Pam Kelly, and I am having issues with my, my computer, so I apologize for that. Um, I also have Reverend Selena Fox with me. And it's great to be here. Very excited about this brand-new show, a way to, uh, to unite pagans serving our country across the, the world, across the globe. And we invite all of our listeners not only to tune in, but you will have an opportunity to call in later in the show. And we have a chat room for those of you who would like to interact that way. And uh, I can also put up some, we have a Facebook page that is uh, still being formed, but you can ask to, uh, to join it if you wish. And it is under Pagan Warrior Radio. Uh, you can also email us at paganwarriorradio at gmail.com uh, with show ideas. Um, tell us what you think about this, uh, the show tonight, and um, I'll be checking that throughout the show as well. And let me see. Um, tonight, Veterans Day, uh, that's why we decided to choose tonight to be the night that we're going to turn, that we're going to launch the show. Uh, because of its connection with the military and with uh, those who have served and given their lives for our country, no matter what your faith. Yeah. Well, so we can, and I so think we that's focus. a great segue into what I'd like to say is thank you to 
all of you with Pagans Tonight, and to Ed, who is helping us with this launch and guiding our learning process with Blog Talk Radio. I also want to acknowledge that Ed of Pagans Tonight is an Air Force veteran, and we thank you for your service in the military, and we thank you for your service, Ed, for Pagans Tonight. Sorry, I'm having some issues with my phone here. Wow. <laughs> I was someone's gonna, got their, uh, someone's got their microphones up, their speakers up. Let me go ahead and dial back in. Okay. Somebody still has uh, somebody had their microphones on. All righty. Hi, Selena. Okay, so this is Peggy Warrior Radio. Uh, why don't I jump in here? This is Ed Hubbard. Well, and I want to thank you for your service, Ed. Well, well it's not starting out so well. So it is. Hi, all. Um, the chat room is filled with people. We have over 27 pe- people in our chat room, and they're talking about all the people they have um, and, um, and talking about all the different places they're all over the United States. Uh, they're calling in, and so... Well, this is fabulous. This is the grand experiment. I must say that I produced radio, the mm-hmm. Circle Magic Show, back in the 1970s, and this is the first time I've um, returned to uh, co-producing and co-hosting a radio show, and it's the very first time I've been doing a show I've been on Blog Talk and other internet radio shows before, but this is the first time I'm actually in the production end of it. So thank you, um, Ed, and everyone with Pagans tonight for giving us this opportunity to have a new show out Absolutely. there on the internet. And let me go ahead and just for for listeners that are listening to the, for the uh, who are listening for the first time. Uh, the show is currently live, and the uh, call-in number is 347-308-8222. Um, when the show is completed, it is then available in archives, and it can be downloaded from iTunes. And I believe now Pam is back, and we will begin back with our show. There you go. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah, Yay. I, I... I thought I would be. I was uh, telling Selena before the show about all the the neat setup that I have, two computers and everything, and uh, the extra computer. That's what threw me. <laughs> it started broadcasting the program a little bit later with a delay, so I apologize for the confusion. I could hear the fractal of the program <laughs> in the background. Well, do you think we're ready for me to do our Veterans Day blessing? Well, um. Yeah, or you know do we want to do say. a few announcements before we go and do that? Well, what I was going to say is, is what part of what threw me for a loop is, is you told me before the show about this really big announcement that you have, and you've got my interest peaked. I, I'm really very, very uh, excited, and I can't wait for this announcement, but, but it's, it's going to come later, right? Well, this is true, and. Those of you who are familiar with Circle Sanctuary know that we have an e-announce bulletin that we publish occasionally. For example, we announce Pagan Warrior Radio with Circle Times a few days ago, and we sent out another thing today talking a bit about some ways to celebrate 
Veterans Day, posting some tributes on our pagan military association social networking list on Facebook and um, reading um, about pagans in the military at the Circle Sanctuary website and our military ministries and all of that kind of thing. But most of the time, we will release an announcement in print first. But given the fact that this is Veterans Day, it's 11-11-11 Veterans Day this year, and um, the moon is very full. Um, just You've got to be so just excited. Just a hair past full. <laughs> it's magic tonight. And yes, indeed, Pamela, we do have some news that we're actually going to release via the show even before we put it in print. Wow, I'm I'm really excited. So so let's get underway. Let's get this going so we can have this announcement. Sounds good. <laughs> so I invite all of you who are listening now or who may be tuning in later when this is a podcast archived on the internet to spend a few moments right now connect with the sacred, with the divine, with source in the way that you do in your own spiritual tradition. And from that space, join me in this Veterans Day blessing. On this Veterans Day, we remember, we honor we thank those veterans who have served in the U.S. Armed Forces. On this Veterans Day, we remember, we honor, we thank those who have given their lives as a result of serving in the U.S. Armed Forces. On this Veterans Day, we remember, we honor, we thank those who are presently serving in the U.S. Armed Forces, on ships and at installations across the USA and around the world. On this Veterans Day, we remember, we honor, we thank those who are military spouses and family members. On this Veterans Day, we remember you all. We honor you all. We thank you all. So be it. And now we're going to journey into Veterans Day, talk a little bit about how it's been celebrated in the past, and we're going to take a journey tonight on this show and look specifically at ways that pagans celebrate Veterans Day and to look at pagans who have served and are serving and their families. So Pam, tell us a little bit about Veterans Day. Why do we 
have Veterans Day? Why are we celebrating this? Well, initially Veterans Day was called Armistice Day, and it comes from World War One, which is which was supposed to be the war to end all wars. It was and still remains one of the bloodiest wars in the world's history. Uh, millions of people died. Millions of people died through uh, throughout Europe and across the globe in uh, in World War One, the Great War. And on November 11th, at um, if my teacher used to tell this all the time, at 11, 11 p.m., and I don't know how true that is, but I like the story anyhow, on 1918 is when the armistice was signed, the ceasefire. The actual war didn't end until 1919. However, it was uh, actually 1918, I'm sorry. But in 1919, President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed that November 11th was the first armistice day and the the uh, the thing was to to celebrate the those who have fought served uh whether they they passed or not or prisoners or whatever but just to honor all those who served our country and it was not an official holiday until around 1938 or um when it became an official holiday, uh, still Armistice Day, and it was set aside to honor veterans. But after World War II in 1954, we, uh, the United States changed the name to Veterans Day. And that's when, uh, well, what are the, the, the rest of the globe, Australia has Remembrance Day, Canada has Remembrance Day, the UK has Remembrance Day, so it's a day that's, that a lot of other countries celebrate their veterans as well. And things that uh, to remember when you're celebrating Veterans Day. One of the the history, one of the um, the traditions that always takes me back, that makes me stop and think, is um, the white table the empty table. A lot of times uh, for Veterans Day, it's it's a lot like our our ancestors, um, the, the, the ancestor feast, the table that, that we set aside for the ancestors, where you set a table aside for those who did not return from a war. And it's always a very touching thing. Uh, I'm a, I never served, but I'm a daughter of an airman, of a man who served the military, the Air Force, for 30 years. And I was a wife of military as well. So uh, I have a lot of connection with a lot of military tradition. It means a lot to me. So Veterans Day, I saw a young airman um, who came through Shepard, who's now at uh, F.E. Warren Air Force Base. He posted a very telling post on his Facebook this morning. He posted that um, he never thought about Veterans Day as anything other than maybe a day off the school until he joined the military. It was never anything very special to him. But uh, the information I got came from www.va.gov. And if you want to, you can check out there, uh, get some more information on Veterans Day, the history of Veterans Day, and also things that you can do to help out veterans every day. Don't forget those who've served us. Uh, be, if you can, go and volunteer at local VA hospitals. Uh, there's a lot of ideas on there as well, and that's www.va.gov. 
There you go. That's a wonderful summary. And I add to that that there are pagans of many paths who are celebrating veterans today in a variety of ways today, not only in the United States, but other parts of the world. And I've been hearing from some of them via Facebook today. I've been on the phone with some. And one of the things we're doing with this show is taking a look at pagans serving in the U.S. military. How long have pagans been serving in the U.S. military? Well, I suspect it depends on how you define paganism. Um, Ideally, um, you can look at paganism in in a multifaceted way. And rather than getting into definitions, I think we'll look at paganism and its history in the U.S. military in over um, the past several decades. It's very likely there were uh, pagan-spirited warriors in every war in the U.S., but that's topic for some other show in the future as we explore different ways that pagan-spirited and pagan-defined individuals have been part of American history. Pagans have been in the military in the U.S. calling themselves pagans since the middle part of the 20th century at least. The earliest record that I've been able to find of someone who was serving in the U.S. military, it was the Army, having Wiccan on a dog tag, goes back to the early 1960s. Um, A warrior who not only served in the U.S. military, but um, is today serving in law enforcement. And he got his dog tags with Wiccan on them early on in the 60s. So we know that over the years, some have chosen to be open about their pagan affiliation by putting it on dog tags and having it in records. But it hasn't really become something that has been widely known until much more recently. Indeed, occasionally we will get some reports from some people that have tried to get Wiccan or Pagan or Druid or Heathen on their dog tags and need some assistance with that. Um, So we know that Pagans have been serving in the military um, openly as Pagan for over 50 years. There are Pagans serving in all branches of the U.S. military, plus some other uniform services that are connected with the Surgeon General and with NOAA. There are pagans who are open about their pagan practice, and there are some that are more quiet about it, in some cases because it's a personal matter, in other cases out of pragmatics. Um, I have seen over the years 
understanding about Wiccans, Druids, heathens, and other pagans in the military growing and acceptance of the diversity within the armed forces expanding as well. In the future, we'll do some shows on some special issues and the quest for full equal rights for pagans in the U.S. military. But to wrap up this short segment of looking at pagans in the military past, I have to talk about two um, federal attempts um, to limit equal rights for pagans in the military. One is in 1999 when Representative from Georgia, Bob Barr, tried to pass legislation on a federal level, not once but twice, that would have made it illegal for Wiccans in the U.S. military to practice their religion at military installations. Fortunately, pagans from all across the United States and people of other traditions all came together and raised their voices for a call for freedom, and the legislation was defeated twice. So that is good. It did not become law. That was 1999. Well, there was a quest to get the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs to add the pinnacle to its list of emblems of belief that could be included on grave markers it issues for deceased veterans. That started in 1997. And a number of different Wiccan and pagan organizations contacted the VA and submitted requests for this to happen. If you want to read an account, detailed account by about all those who helped with this quest and the different twists and turns along the way of this 10-year quest to get the VA to approve the pinnacle so those who have served in the U.S. military could have it on their grave markers after death. Uh, we have that up at the Circle Sanctuary website. You go to the military ministers and ministries section, and there's a whole piece all about the pinnacle quest. Well, the short end of this is that as a result of many different people coming together and having multiple federal lawsuits filed, finally the VA decided to put the symbol on the list. There are now more than 72 U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs issued pinnacle markers in public and private graveyards and cemeteries across the U.S. And I know a number of pagans on Veterans Day and on Memorial Day will go to these cemeteries and pay respects to those who have served that have their pinnacle headstones. There was a song that emerged as a result of the Pinnacle Quest. Celia, who is a singer and songwriter, wrote the song symbol. She was very supportive of this quest. I talked with her about the need to 
have some song to help bring forth awareness about the need to have religious freedom in this country as well as to honor our military pagans with this symbol. And I think we have a song. You ready for it? Yeah. I, I, I heard this earlier, and it's very touching. So here you are, Celia and Simple. An American soldier came home today Wrapped up as cargo in an American place He asked for one sweet silent symbol on his grave But the VA guns said, sorry son, request denied Well he served as any other with his hands Pray to Father Sky, he bowed down to Mother Earth. He honored air and water and the fire he danced around. But you didn't honor him before you put him in the ground. It's a sin. An American soldier came home today. Wrapped up as cargo in a American place. He asked for one sweet silent symbol on his grave. But the VA guns said, sorry son, request denied. Well, he served as any other with his hands and with his heart. He prayed to Father Sky, he bowed down to Mother Earth. He Of religion. 
become a big understand Love and fight For what we believe in He's a believer And he wears it on his arm First day new job He set off all of the alarms The memo spread like wildfire That the devil had arrived And the virus got the corporate And they fired him by five Now all this Time, 
So what about pagans in the military today? What Roberta about pagans Stewart, in the military today? <laughs> what's, what's that? What about pagans in the military today? Well, Roberta Stewart is continuing to work for um, not only rights for pagan veterans and those serving in their families, but she is doing a lot of support work with Gold Star families. Gold, she's a Gold Star wife. She's worked with Gold Star mothers and now Gold Star families. And today, in the Las Vegas Veterans Day Parade, the largest parade in the west part of the United States, she was marching along with other members of Gold Star families, each carrying an image, a photographic image of their loved one that had been killed in Iraq or Afghanistan. Sergeant Patrick Stewart was killed in action on September 25th, 2007, in the first Wiccan to be killed in action in the war on terrorism. It was in Afghanistan, and and he was remembered today. And mm-hmm. pagan circles around the U.S. were part of the ones um, that have been celebrating Veterans Day, not only today, but there's going to be celebrations throughout the weekend, and I'd like to bring in... One of Circle Sanctuary's ordained military ministers, Reverend Michelle Boshears, also known as Dawn Walker, to talk briefly about pagan circles and well, what I, is a DFGL. <laughs> as I bring Dawn Walker in, I wanted to, to say though real quick, in the chat room um, there are being, uh, we're being asked how many pentacles are out there uh, today, how many pentacles are on gravestones today. I know of at least 72 that have been issued. Every so often I will do a Freedom of Information Act with a request with the VA to update our list of all of those pentacles, and we have plans to do that in the next few months. At Circle Cemetery, which is the National Pagan Cemetery that's part of Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, which is the headquarters of Circle Sanctuary, which is sponsoring this show, we have eight of those pinnacle markers. Wow. Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and bring Michelle Don Walker on, and uh, she does a lot of stuff with our military members at Fort Gordon, Georgia. Michelle, are you there? I think so. Can you hear me? You are. You're here. Oh, yay. Welcome. <laughs> Happy Veterans Day. Oh, thank you, Selena. Um, had a great day. My husband and I are both retired Army um, people, and we thought we'd go to Applebee's today to have a free lunch. Yay. Long line, um, huh? But um, <laughs> it was an hour and a half wait, so wow. we decided to go somewhere else instead. <laughs> um some of our other veterans are enjoying blooming uh, blooming onions at Outback Steakhouse today. I don't know. There's a lot of free stuff going on out there um, for um, our veterans. Um, I have been keeping up with the chatting going on. That's been fun. But I think Selena wanted me to talk about our distinctive faith group leaders. Um, Right now, um, a distinctive faith group leader is um, a lay leader that um, supports at um, a specific installation, um, military installation, or on 
um, a Navy ship. Um, and Circle Sanctuary is currently sponsoring about 22 um, distinctive faith group leaders um, throughout the United States um, in all services. Um, we're, we have distinctive faith group leaders on Navy ships, and we have distinctive faith group leaders at bases um, overseas. Um, we're not the only organization that's supporting pagan distinctive faith group leaders, so I'm estimating that um, overall there's probably at least 50 pagan distinctive faith group leaders um, serving um, at on military installations and Navy ships. And that's really exciting. It would be great if we had more, um, but um, that just takes time. Um, Circle Sanctuary sponsorship has um, more than doubled <laughs> in, in, um, in just a couple of years. Um, and um, it's, it's really important work that these lay leaders are doing. Um, I'm currently serving as a lay leader myself at Fort Gordon, and um, I and it's we just find that our active duty military, because we do not have um, active duty pagan chaplains in the military, that those those that are those serving military that are pagan often need someone of their faith to talk to. Um, I have a question about that. Yeah, Michelle. please. So we, we, don't, we know we don't have chaplains. Uh, Not so yet. To be We're working on it. We're working on it. We're working <laughs> on it. To be a distinctive faith group leader, though, what kind of background do you need? Because um, I have a lot of people asking. In fact, uh, Lucia, and I hope I, I pronounced your name right, she wants to get something started up there in uh, Offutt Air Force Base in Nebraska. Yay! Oh, cool. Um, well, each organization that supports a distinctive faith group leader or recognized church, you have to be a member of a recognized church. Um, pagan in, church. Uh, for a us. recognized pagan church, correct. Um, That's and, where Circle and, Sanctuary comes in. Right, and Circle right. Sanctuary is a recognized um, pagan church, and there's there's a few other out few others out there um but one first you have to be a member and then each of those churches can, has different requirements so i can really only talk to you about what um circle sanctuaries requirements are but basically what we're looking for are um mature individuals that have been um practicing their faith for um hello i'll have to go after my next one I can start the blessing. Go ahead. Well, and I want That's to right. I want to celebrate the fact that we're birthing. We have birthing pains going on at this Veterans Day <laughs> um, ceremony, uh, celebration, <laughs> and uh, we're we're working out some of the technical difficulties. So, so what would you say are some of the things that? You, well, and I want to say Dawn Walker is our coordinator of our distinct Religious faith faith. group leader Religious training faith. program. Right. So, um, I, I see on the blog that many of you are interested in doing this. What I would recommend that you do, hello, is 
send me an email, and I'll give you my email right now. Send me an email, and I'll send you an application on how to become a distinctive faith group leader. You can write dfgl at circlesanctuary.org. Right. That's what I'm putting on there right now. <laughs> and um, and the, the, the other thing also is be sure to tune in on Tuesday night when we do the next show, 9 o'clock Central. And, Michelle, it's all about it's all going to be about you and, and Yay, DFGL and, and all that. Because okay. um, because it, 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 it's up to us to step step up and be the, the leaders. Right. And, and there's really a, a, a need out there. It's a lot of work. Um, I, I can tell you that. And so can <laughs> Pam because she's a distinctive faith group leader as well. But it's very rewarding and it's mm-hmm. very necessary um for our military pagans and we the population of military pagans keeps growing and growing yeah. um so anyway it's a great program and i'd be happy to communicate with all of you via email which is right there on the blog well and i also want to celebrate those of you who may be practicing as solitary right now uh, because there are people that are part of pagan circles and I love being able to connect with people that are part of the pagan circles or open circles that are in the U.S. military. But I also want to celebrate those who might have a more private approach that are solitaries. Um, And I'm very glad that there is sufficient interest in our chat room right now, um, some folks really interested in looking at actually starting a group yes. in your area. And I want to honor all of the pagan churches that have um, been doing some type of support. I won't take time right now and name them all because we're actually going to have a program on Tuesday when we move to our regular time slot. And we're going to go more into pagan circles in the U.S. military and distinctive faith group leaders. And I'm hoping that DFGLs, that not only those who are with groups that Circle Sanctuary sponsors, but are from um, sponsorship from other pagan groups, will all join in our next show because there will be an opportunity for us to collaborate and connect with each other. So I'm wondering, what will you be doing, Don Walker, for Veterans Day at Fort Gordon? Well, at Fort Gordon, for our fourth year in a row on Veteran—I mean, in honor of Veterans Day, we will be um, conducting um, a warrior blessing ritual, and um, each of the active duty military that participate in the ritual. Um, we'll be receiving, I can't say it right now because we haven't talked about it. Oh, oh it's that announcement, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> One of those. That's another announcement. And um, But always, any um, veterans that participate in my ritual get um, a small gift. But we will be doing that this Sunday at Fort Gordon. Thank you for your service, by the way, Michelle. Thank you for, for what you've done to serve our country. Well, you're welcome, and thank you, everybody else out there that's serving right now or is a veteran. Well, and 
And before we have the big announcement, why don't you talk briefly, Pamela, about your work as a DFGL? I would love to. Uh, first of all, thank you again, Michelle, for, for being here. And I look forward to Tuesday's show. And Michelle can tell you scads. Michelle is, is kind of sort of my boss and and, and Selena above her <laughs> with the whole DFGL thing. And she's been a uh, Michelle has been a, a great mentor for me, uh, trying to get get things uh, worded correctly, stay within the DoD regulations and the regulations within our our services to make sure that we we do things the right way by the book, and uh, and try to get more uh, more acknowledgement of our faith. But I am the distinctive faith group leader at Shepherd Air Force Base in Texas. We are one of the largest military Air Force training facilities uh, on the planet, and I have a lot of what we call AITs that come through my uh, our base here. So I, I have a, a pretty transient group. I don't get to keep a lot of people for a long time. My general um, length of stay for the, the pagans that come through could be anywhere from one weekend, six weeks, to six months. And I've been able to form some uh, some good for- friendships through this. And uh, the main thing is with the growing pagan faith, it's a lot of youth coming through. And a lot of them uh, coming through straight out of basic training come to my base next before they go to their duty station where they spend the next few years or so. So I feel like I have a very unique opportunity to uh, to instill that you can practice your faith and it, it can be acknowledged and accommodated and, and should be and by law is supposed to be accommodated uh, on every installation. And uh, I've encouraged some people to come out of the room closet. And and also we have to, of course, be careful. Some people, it, I have, sorry, I digress. I wish I, wish that didn't have to happen. But I see a, a big change slowly but surely happening. And uh, a lot of it comes from our youth that are coming through and uh, that's where I get to, to touch the the military uh, is with the, the incoming airmen. Uh, and I've got, oh gosh, I have Fran who has been very instrumental in helping me. She's the one that, that was encouraging me to, to get started with uh the show. I just got a shepherd rocks in the in the chat room. You can come back. <laughs> um but we we have a um a very cool uh setup here. I, I wish that we had people stay here longer, but I'm glad that I'm able to touch so many people. I, I can't think of uh how many I'd say over a hundred in the last couple of years that I've been doing doing this. So, and it's very encouraging to see them go to their next duty stations and continue. Well, thank you for your service, Pamela, and for being a DFGL uh, for you. one of the groups that Circle Sanctuary sponsors in the U.S. military. Well, I think it's time to bring on another Circle Sanctuary minister. What do you think, Pamela? I think I can do that. Uh, that would be... David. Yes, let's bring on Reverend Dave Sassman from okay. Indiana. Let me find and, him here on the list. And yes, he's going to make an announcement, but before he does that, I'm just going to ask him how he's celebrating Veterans Day. David, are so you, you have here to with wait us another at... minute or two. <laughs> 
it takes a while for the the controls to respond, but I'm learning them. I am learning them. I'm getting well, getting and, the hang of it. And thank everyone. I want to thank everyone for um, being supportive of this show. Those of you in the chat room and those of you who are listening, I think uh, I already foresaw this ahead of time that we might run over our hour. And I want to thank Ed for saying that that would be okay. So we are we have um, several other special guests, and we are going to open it up for calls. So maybe I'm, I think I need to ask Ed because my uh, controls aren't responding. It would okay. be the three three one seven number. Hello. I I think I hear you, Hello. but I think it sounds like you're gargling, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Are you underwater? Should I get lousy? Are you in a well? <laughs> no. No, we don't have the Navy people on. We we had our Army person for the show. That was Don Walker and and uh, um, Air Force. <laughs> yeah, Dave Sassman is. Um, Reverend Dave has served in the Air Force, not underwater. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Dave, I think let's go ahead and try to see if you could hang up and call back, please. And while and he's doing he that, back. why don't I talk a little bit about what Circle Sanctuary is going to be doing for Veterans Day tomorrow. Sounds awesome. So every year we have Veterans Day, so a ceremony at Circle Sanctuary. We have it open to the public as well as to community members. Circle Sanctuary is a shamanistic Wiccan church, but it does ministry for people of many different pagan paths. I helped birth Circle Sanctuary back in 1974. In 1983, we got permanent headquarters on land, 200 acres of land west of Madison, Wisconsin. We're near a little village known as Barneveld, Wisconsin, about four miles or so north of that. And within the 200 acres of Circle Sanctuary, we have something called Circle Cemetery, which recently got expanded to 20 acres. The original part of the cemetery is on a ridge top. And many of those who have cremains that are buried there are veterans, pagan veterans, some Wiccan, some um, pagan, and some who combine a number of different paths. And we have eight VA-issued pinnacle markers there, including one for Sergeant Patrick Stewart, the song symbol, um, as I mentioned before, was inspired by the quest to get um, justice and equal rights, not only for him, but for others um, who were veterans who had died either in one of the wars or they had served and then later died. It was basically get equal due. And what we do at Veterans Day Every year, it's become a tradition since we've had those military markers, and we got our first military markers right at Beltane in 2007, right after the Pinnacle Quest was won. We go up to the cemetery, and we do a salute at each of those graves. Plus, we salute pagan veterans and veterans everywhere, who have given their life or have served, who has 
um, who have then passed on, and we celebrate the living, and we celebrate the veterans to come. And I'm wondering how our technical adventures are. Well, I'm told Dave is here. I'm here. Yay! Wonderful. Well, you're not in the water anymore. <laughs> Good evening to everybody. Good evening, Dave. I'm really excited. I don't know what this announcement is, but I'm really excited. Well, I'm waiting for a hand signal from Selena. <laughs> well, say it's okay. <laughs> well, let me say, well, I think we're about ready to do that, but how did you celebrate Veterans Day today? And you're doing a special thing tomorrow, so I'm wondering if we can just get that information out, and then we're going to sure. do the big reveal. Oh, man, okay. make me wait. But it's cool, it's cool. It's excitement um, building. Today I uh, attended the Indianapolis celebration of Memorial Day with a, uh, a brief service and then a parade with over 90 units involved. And tomorrow we're going to be putting on a veteran blessing at the USS Indianapolis Memorial here in Indianapolis at Old Dark 30 tomorrow morning. That is at, really actually wonderful. 8.30 tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And I also want to... Thank you for um, helping to do warrior blessing rituals at many different places across the U.S. Yes, yes, we do about we put, perform the warrior blessing ritual about eight times a year in within the Midwest, from Detroit to St. Louis, Louisville to Indianapolis, Chicago, Joliet, Covington, Kentucky. Well, and I see that as warrior blessing rituals and other rituals that involve honoring and supporting pagans in the military who have served, who are serving, and who are preparing to go into service, that um, this announcement is connected with a kind of recognition, you might say, of that service. So are we ready for the announcement? Oh, please, please, please. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, what's getting publicly released today, Reverend Dave? We are publicly releasing the Pagan Military Service Ribbon Award. Um, in the past and during the quest there were there was an award presented to those who were, were involved with the quest. This is for everybody who is pagan, active or veteran, and their families and supporters uh, would be eligible to receive this pagan military service award. And it's a metal ribbon and very much like the ribbons at the military issues with their, their um, regular medals, and um, you have to re- you, you can only receive them from one of the members of the the military ministry staff at Circle. Wow, got a lot of people responding very positively in uh, in chat. This is a this is a great announcement. Special day. Yep. Debut of the of the show, and this is wow. 
<laughs> well, and I think it's really important that that pagans are able to support and recognize those within our community who have served and who are serving. You know, in, in other um, parts of the military and other faith traditions, uh, there can be widespread support, and we want to be able to do our part to help give appreciation and support and saying thank you is a really important thing, but actually having some kind of tangible symbol of support is, I think, also important. And shortly after this show ends, you will see the great reveal. We're going to put it on the Pagan Military Association Facebook page and Hopefully, some point over the weekend, we'll also get it up at the Military Ministries section of the Circle Sanctuary website. So do you want to give a um, a verbal description of what this ribbon pen is like, Dave? Um, it's, um, it's, it's an acorn on a field of blue. And on both sides of the blue field is red and white stripes. And the red and white stripes and the blue background exemplify the colors of the flag. And the acorn signifies the wisdom of the oak. And it's and among other things, it, it's the oak is is revered in a lot of various pagan traditions. Yeah, we really thought it was important, and this was um, a collaboration, getting input from our whole military ministries team. And we have two more members that will be coming on, and also wanting to acknowledge Reverend Debbie Morris, who um, works for the VA and in the hospital sector, and while she isn't here physically on the show tonight, we want to honor her service as well. But part of um, our thinking and putting together a pen that those who have served and who are serving can have and wear ceremonially and have on their altars is that we wanted to come up with a symbol that would work not only for Wiccans, but for Druids, Pantheists, Heathens, Unitarian Universalists, Pagans, and other Pagans of other traditions. It seemed that the oak is not only something that you're going to find in military symbology, but you're going to find it across many different pagan traditions. And the color gold, um, golden, strength, light, courage, protection, um, all these things were part of the thinking of creating this pen. Will there be a picture with the release? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Very cool. A lot of people are talking about it in, in uh in the chat. 
So a lot of excitement. I it was great, a great announcement. Thank you, Dave. Oh well, I, I'm only a player. I'm not. A, <laughs> we're we're all here being part of the I guess grand journey of uh, being able to contribute to the recognition and the support of pagan military service. And our thought was that at least for of the next year, as these warrior blessing ceremonies start happening across the country, that we would begin by our military ministries team that does travel around quite a bit to different places, that we would be doing it what you might call old school in terms of of giving these face-to-face, but in ceremony and with community support. Um, we have a summer solstice gathering called the Pagan Spirit Gathering, and we've been doing it since 1980, a long time. And at Pagan Spirit Gathering, which will be June 17th through 24th in 2012, about an hour or so drive at a campground west of um, Chicago called Stonehouse Park, um, we're going to have a warrior spirit center again and we're going to have warrior blessing rituals and i suspect we were going to be rewarding (laughs) awarding these ribbons to a lot of people from a lot of traditions well i I, i'm really excited about the opportunity to uh to have to to have the the recognition uh available for the active duty members and and the veterans and everyone who serves that have gone that help out with the faith as well. Yes, yes. Well, and I also want to thank Dave for the very many things that he has been doing over the years um, for our veterans, uh, not only being part of a number of veterans organizations himself, but actively networking with veterans in many different places and so thank you very much, Dave, for your service. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, I was just uh, trying to, to find our next our next callers uh, in the queue. So we have two more Circle Sanctuary ministers joining us. I hope that um, the technology is working. Um, not unless they call. <laughs> I'm not seeing them on the on the, oh, okay. in the list as of yet, but I figured uh, you were mentioning. If you, I don't know if I if you have more to mention, uh, Debbie Morris and what she does. Yeah, um, Debbie has been working specifically with um, doing education in U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs hospital settings. Not only does she professionally have a connection with VA hospitals, but she has been developing materials to help do education for medical personnel that are caring for the wounded, with the disabled, um, and with other veterans that are using the hospital services. And part of what we're looking to do is to have... uh, as our military ministry team expands, is to to basically have a way that we can 
have coordinators for each of the different facets of military service and life, supporting those who are preparing to go into military service, supporting those who are in military service, and supporting those after their service has been done, as well as with families and friends and and other supporters. And so it's exciting to see our team expand. And I, I know that um, Reverend David Ewing and Reverend Jeanette Ewing were in Washington, D.C. today. Well, they, they are on now. We can, Good. We can bring them on well, so you can then, ask them that. Wonderful. They are back on. So welcome, Dave and Jeanette. Hello. Hello. So how did you celebrate Veterans Day today? Well, we um, we went downtown into to downtown D.C., and uh, since Jeanette and I are both prior Navy, um, we went to the wreath-laying ceremony this afternoon at the Navy Memorial in downtown D.C. and uh, attended the wreath-laying. And can you tell us a little bit about um, what part of Washington, D.C., the Navy Memorial is at, what it looks like, how the people were there, what the ceremony was like. Did they have a lot of people there? There were, I don't know, there were probably a couple hundred people, maybe. That's fabulous. Yeah, and um, it's, the the Navy Memorial is located right right on Pennsylvania Avenue, um, next to the FBI building, across from the National Archives, right between the White House and the Capitol. So it's right along the main strip of stuff there on Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, the memorial, the, one of the centerpieces of the Navy Memorial is a statue of uh, the lone sailor. Um, and uh, and there's a, uh, the open area there is, is done up in different shades of stone to represent um, the continents and the oceans and to really show how much of the world is covered by ocean that is the the realm and the responsibility of the Navy, you know, to protect and maintain free shipping and all that, um, you know, that the Navy actually, you know, um, has a wide expanse that it that it's that it has taken on as responsibility. Um, and there's a museum memorial and museum stuff there um, in a building um, that you can go downstairs into and, and visit, and they have presentations and book readings and a variety of activities there throughout the course of the year. Um and the uh, the ceremony was uh um was was held by the, the Navy Ceremonial Guard that's stationed in Washington DC. Um and the uh the main guest was the commander of the military of the Navy District of Washington, uh Rear Admiral, I forget his name, uh who had some really nice stuff to say about Veterans Day and how it's a time to remember the living and how um he personally um receives people, you know, thank him for his service, you know, like, like, and his sacrifice. And he seemed a little um, kind of weirded, uh, I guess is a way to put it, about the sacrifice part, because he, he kind of talked about how, you know, sacrifice something means to give something up that others, you know, that other to, to kind of give something up. And in their case, and in the military's case, you know, we, we gave up that normal life of kind of a things. But when you think about, um, you know, one of the questions that he said he's been asked, you know, one of the questions they ask in high school graduations and stuff is, 
and on your when you die, you know, would you you know could you go back to say that you know something about working in your office and would you want to change the office that you worked in, you know, change your environment, you know, kind of since we spent so much time at work. And he said, well, considering his office was the cockpit of an F-18 or, you know, so many people in the military, their office is, you know, they're a tank or, you know, in the Navy it's, you know, it's on a ship or, you know, a variety of places. When you think about that, how many people in the military would ask, would you give up that to do something else? And so many of us wouldn't. You know, it's just sort of a sense of duty, and it's something that we really enjoy. Um, that's one of those things that he talked about. It was really interesting. It was a really good ceremony. That's great. Yeah. It It is definitely something that seems to be hardwired in those. I mean, I, I've been a military family member my entire life, but I couldn't even think of – I've tried to live away from, from being around the military family, and uh, and it, it's a, a a totally different culture which is why I'm very excited, very happy to uh to be part of this this show and to reach out to to a lot of the the um the pagans serving worldwide. So thank you for your service as well. And I want to celebrate um the fact that Dave and Jeanette had their ordination at Sawan. Yes. Our whole military ministries team was there, as well as some other Circle Sanctuary ministers and members of our community. And congratulations to you both. Congratulations. Well, thank you. So some of the things that you've been doing with um, military ministry um, have has literally gone around the world. So uh, how um, how would you like to talk about Operation Circle Care, Circle's um, Support the Troops Charity? Okay. Uh, well, uh, this is Jeanette here, and we um, took over the reins of Operation Circle Care in October of 2010. Um, another Circle Sanctuary Minister, her name is Paula Johnson, uh, Paula... Uh, just wanted to move on to some other things and asked us if we were going to, if we could pick up the reins for this uh, particular charity that she had started a few years back, and we said sure. And um, from there, we started receiving donations from various people, uh, people who had sent items directly to Circle, who had sent them to us, and then afterwards, people who sent donations of gifts of items directly to us and you know we put the word out to all the various resources uh, electronically to get the word out that we um, were gearing up for this again and we took um, you know we received a lot of um, names of service members not just soldiers service members in all the services across the globe and uh, had a lot of fun putting things together and, and shipping them out. It's like it is it is like Santa. You are Santa. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it is a lot of fun because you get to, you know, put all these cool, interesting things that people have taken the time to donate in individual boxes and uh, send them out. Uh, one thing that we did last year that I'm doing again this year is I decorated 
uh, cigar boxes. I got cigar boxes from various cigar retailers really, really inexpensively and decorated them up, and that's what some of their goodies went into. And so we gave them a variety of tools that any solitary practitioner could find useful in a field situation, like very small versions of oils, incense, um, stones. We gave books. We have a ton of books this year on all kinds of things. Uh, One of the other... uh, um, Oh, yeah, and flameless candles. Oh, great. And this was something I believe that Michelle Boshears, Reverend Don Walker, came up with. And I picked up from her because I thought this was such a great idea. Since people in barracks and, of course, people on ships and other places are not in a position to be able to light candles, we thought that it would be a great idea to put a flameless candle to represent fire in with their, their gift packages so that they have enough items there to do solitary rituals or to do any sort of uh, magical workings or any basic things. And that's one of the the shows that we will do coming up is like kind of how to to put together an altar if you live in the dorm or if you're deployed, et cetera. The flameless candles are great ideas. I love the cigar boxes. Yeah, I those were really. Uh, that was just sort of an idea that just kind of that came up. That you know something that we could put things into that you could tuck away in in your locker or or whatever you have that um, you know is decorated and a little bit of color in 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 there you know in in the environment and stuff too. I mean, if you're in the navy, you see gray and stuff everywhere. If you're in the army, it's you know green and tan everywhere. So add a little color to their lives, you know, to what they see and stuff, too. And the cigar boxes that I chose, I get for about $2 each, and they're the empty wooden cigar boxes. Some of these are very high quality. You'd be amazed at what uh, the cigar um, retailers will just throw away when they have too many of them. And Mm. if I go to the store now, I can probably easily pick up another 30 for uh, next to nothing because if they have too many, then they start throwing them away, literally. So uh, they're easy to decorate. Um, it's very inexpensive to to put them together. I've decorated, I've painted, I've decoupaged, I've done a variety of different things. I do certain things that, well, um, let's just say that wouldn't be too garish or overly colorful since yeah. the majority of these go to men. Um, <laughs> no purple or uh, other really, really bright colors. Uh, I got a lot of a lot of earthy-looking boxes over there, um, and then we just start packing them full of things, and the wooden boxes are nifty because um, they won't crush, you know. Yes. These guys are going to be taking them all over the place, and they kind of needed something a little more sturdy than just putting them in a a bag or or something more collapsible, I thought. Mm-hmm. Right, because you can use the box as as the altar. You can you take too, everything yeah. out and use the box as the altar. Right. And we also sent uh, group packages to a number of groups that were um, stationed overseas to uh, DFGLs and other groups. There were a couple of carriers that uh, 
the DFGLs or, or the, you know, on the carriers contacted us, and we have like, you know, 15, 20 people in their circle that get together, you know, so we sent large group packages and stuff too with books and supplies and things that would be, uh, you know, for, uh, for, for groups, for group use. Um, so, and we're, we're, we're taking, you know, and we'll have the press release coming soon. So, you know, if anybody knows of anybody serving overseas, um, whether they're in Iraq or Afghanistan, wherever they are around the world, that would appreciate receiving a care package. You know, we're we're uh, welcome for the to receive the addresses at uh, OCC at CircleSanctuary.com, dot gov, dot org. I'm sorry, dot org. OCC <laughs> at CircleSanctuary.org. It's yes. in the chat. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the chat. And you know, this year we'll just give you a heads up. This year we do have a lot of books, many many books, but things that we always need are pentacles uh, and other. Uh, pagan symbol, um, emblems of faith like little goddesses or green men or Thor's hammers or things like that. Um, divination stuff. Any divination stuff, especially tarot cards, runes, uh, runes um, maybe some pendulums, uh, other things would be very small packages of herbs are always good and uh, stones. Stones are always a great thing to carry around because uh, you can have them on your altar, you can carry them on you, you can make a little, um, you know, a little uh, pouch that you can carry stuff in. So it's, you know, that's one of those items that's uh, easy for your service member to walk around in with in their pocket or something. And our, we put the call out so that anybody who is serving anywhere overseas across the globe, it doesn't have to be just uh, Afghanistan or, well, it used to be Iraq, but there's probably maybe one or two folks still there. Um, anybody who is on a ship that's currently deployed. Uh, just stationed overseas. Or anybody stationed overseas. Yeah, we, we sent packages to uh, folks in Sicily, South Korea. Um, Japan. And Germany, you know, they're, that are just stationed overseas. Well, I know you uh, were a big help to my friend Fran. She was recently deployed uh, to Afghanistan, and she was like, Pam, find me a care package. <laughs> and uh, I, I know you sent her one, and, and it, it means so much when you're overseas to have that connection with your faith, uh, especially since Right, and I'll tell you something else. As uh, someone, when I was already out of the Navy by this time, but when David was in the Navy back in the mid-'90s, he did do a deployment overseas, uh, what they call a Westpac, and uh, when he was aboard the Essex. And one of the things that he had commented on to me numerous times, and especially after he got back, was that people were envious of him because I sent him things all the time. Now, we were <laughs> fairly new to our, our pagan faith. We had just been practicing the solitaries a couple of years at that time. Um, and David brought some books with him. But uh, what was very telling was that there were many men – who never received hardly anything from anybody. Right. Uh, they didn't have that much contact with their own family. They probably, they were maybe single. They didn't get care packages. I sent David care packages oh, every week or so. several times, and so did my parents. My dad happens to be retired Navy, and my parents sent him stuff too. So that becomes a big thing. And so when you send stuff to, I'm sure that some of the people that have received packages of the past several years have fallen into that category of otherwise not getting anything from anyone. 
Well, and I think it's really important at Yule time in particular where there is um, so much in the way of gifting going on um, that pagans who actually have um, that original old tradition of Yuletide gift-giving actually get in on um, keeping that tradition alive. And uh, we've been doing the Yuletide Operation Circle Care uh, packages for pagan troops for a number of years. And and part of what we're doing with Operation Circle Care right now is, yes, we're going to continue to do the Yule Care Package Drive, but we're starting to expand Operation Circle Care to include some additional projects. We, As I um, was visiting with Dawn Walker last year and made a trip to Fort Gordon Open Circle and got to meet uh, one of the chaplains there, the head chaplain, you know, one of the things that came um, into our awareness is the chaplains are actually looking to have some pagan materials on hand for pagans who are um, starting to be located at installations at base and post and on ships and all of this. So we're looking ahead with Operation Circle Care to continue to do support for troops, not only overseas, but, you know, all across the U.S. in terms of having some um, publications, have some other materials. Um, the PIN project that we're doing with the Pagan Military Service um, ribbon is also another way of being able to honor those who are serving, who have served, and we have a number of other projects in, involved, and I'm hoping that in the future we'll get to have a show specifically about supporting pagan troops, and I think that that will be um, kind of a fun thing to not only share what we're doing, but to hear what others are doing in the way of not only care packages, but other ways of supporting pagans and who are serving and pagan vets and their families. I think that's a, a, an upcoming show idea. I think it's a, a, a great show. Well, I want to thank Dave and Jeanette for their service with Operation Circle Care and all the thank other you. things that you all do um, for Circle Sanctuary and our military ministries. Cool, thanks. Well, yeah. thanks. And uh, we'll have to have a little chat about, we'll have to work um, the Order of the Pentacle in at some point in time, too. Well, and that, we should just mention that. What is the Order of the Pentacle? The Order of the Pentacle came about in 2006 as a way of having those who are in the military, whether they're Wiccan, Pagan, or some other Pagan-related um tradition that uses the five-pointed star in the circle as her faith symbol. And it, it started out as part of the quest, but um, we have been growing and continuing to do this network. And, and uh, um, Dave Ewing is our steward, who's the keeper of our roster, of who's um, members. And what are we up to now? Um, we're around... 
700 or so members of the uh, Order of the Pentacle at this point. Um, and do you want to? Yeah, and do you want to talk a little bit about the Facebook page? Not everybody has chosen to get on that, but um, uh, we oh. also have a way to connect that way now. Yeah, sure do. There's a uh, there's an Order of the Pentacle Facebook page, um, and you can connect to it through. I believe there's a link to it on the Circle uh, website. That's right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you can uh, if you in, if you're in Facebook, if you do a search for Order of the Pentacle, it should show up in the search. Um, you can also link get to it through the, uh, the the ministries page on the Circle Sanctuary website, um, and it's just a place for folks um, that are associated with you know the Pentacle as an MMO belief that have served in the military and their families to kind of um, it's a place to be able to contact and connect connect with each other and and uh, you know since we all have we all have that one thing in common that we all have that military thing in common plus the pentacle is an emblem of belief in common, and it's sort of an extra bond that we have. And it's a place where we can, you know, Facebook page, where we can chat and and uh, post information and share ideas and questions and that, you know, support. And for this one, right, there are different types of social networking opportunities on Facebook. This one, you actually have to be a member and um, to actually be part of the group. The Pagan Military Association Facebook page is wide open, uh, family, friends, supporters, those who've served, those who are serving. Um, But Order of the Pinnacle is um, specifically for those who have the Pinnacle as their emblem of belief and, and that have served or are serving. So if they want to join the Facebook page, do they put in a like friend request? Um, basically, just click the. Uh, there's a link to that you you find the page, and there's a I think there's a join button that you click on, and then I'll get it. I'll get a notice that that you're you know asking to join the page, and uh, I'll generally do a quick check against the database to see. Um, if I can correlate you to somebody in the database, because our Facebook identities are oftentimes different than our email address or names, so I'll try to make the best guess at that, um, and uh, just to make sure that you know and, and follow that. Now, I'm fairly open to allowing people right now into the page because it is sort of tough to to associate a Facebook identity to a name or an email address that we collect on the order of the pedicle. Um at times because we use we all have different names that we go by sometimes you know we have our regular name and our magical names and our internet names so it's kind of kind of confusing <laughs> to keep track of um so we just sort of watch that and and uh and uh so you do have to ask it's not yeah and of, if you want to be a member of the order of the pinnacle um which goes beyond facebook we actually have an e bulletin that we send out from time to time um, talking about um, gatherings that we have at Pagan Spirit Gathering. We have our annual meeting for Order of the Pinnacle. Um, then you can contact circle at circlesanctuary.org and and say, yes, I'm interested in joining Order of the Pinnacle. And then we'll forward that on to Dave Ewing, and he will be in touch with you. And um, it's pretty easy uh, in terms of you just give some background information about your military service, and we add you to our roster, and, and you're in. Pretty much it. 
We have uh, one of our local community here who's a member. He was really excited when I made the announcement in our local community about the the show because um, he's a member of the Order of the Pentacle. And also I have a, another member here in town who's a uh, military dependent daughter or was a dependent daughter, an adult now, and I know she'll be very interested in the Yuletide care packages. Well, Great. thank thank you all for your service. and And I see we still have some time for those of you who are open for our extended Veteran Day um, um, special show. We, I think we're at a place where we can prepare to take some call-ins. I'll just say that in the interest of time so we can actually do some call-ins, if you go to the Circle Sanctuary website, www.circlesanctuary.org, on the front page, our main page, you will see a logo, Circle Military Ministries, and um, you can click on that, and it will take you right to the Circle Sanctuary Military Ministries section of our website, and there you will see a whole host of different things that we do for those who are serving and those who have served and their families. Um, some things we haven't gone into, I'll just mention briefly, we have a military support altar and the main temple room of Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, where our church headquarters is. We have um, the Veterans Ridge, which I mentioned briefly before. We are collecting um, information about uh, um, all sorts of networking opportunities that we put up on Facebook and other places. So you can take a look at those services, and you'll see something about our military pagan prayer card, which we've been giving out free ever since the war on terrorism started. Um, back in 2001, uh, we created this prayer card shortly after... Um, People started being sent over to Afghanistan. They're laminated, and we not only have those for people who are serving over in Afghanistan, but for people who are pagan in the military or have loved ones who are, and we have them for family and friends and those serving in war zones and those who are deployed other places, those serving in the U.S., and, and for supporters. And it's it's another free service that we do. As always, we certainly are open for monetary donations, and if you want to support our prayer cards, Operation Circle Care, and all the other things that we do, you're certainly welcome to go to the Circle Sanctuary website and go to the Donate section, and you'll see that there are some special funds that help us with our military ministries. You know, I was thinking as we're going through this, the the show we were—I think we were wondering if we'd be able to do an hour, and here we are at an hour and a half, and we're still not, not done. <laughs> we haven't gotten to the call-in thing, so do you think right. we're ready to take some calls? <laughs> I, I think we are, but I, I just wanted to say it's like we have five shows in one already. Each of the the topics that we've gone through is going to probably be its own show topic, and um, I think I don't know how many people realize how much. Circle Sanctuary and uh, and the other uh, organizations out there are helping with the pagans in the military, and that's why I'm I'm so excited to be part of this opportunity 
to, to get the word out here on Pagan Warrior Radio. Uh, saying that, we do have a call from AC and Dave. They are from Magical Media, and uh, I wonder if we will see if we can get them on right now. AC and Dave? If I can't I get can them on. Hi, can hear us. Huh? Hi, yes. Happy Wait. Veterans Day, and thank you for your service. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much for doing this show. I think it's absolutely wonderful what you're doing. Thank you, thank you for the congratulations. This is a, a exciting. Uh, it, I'm I'm very excited to be part of this. I think that this is a a, a very uh, big opportunity for our service people around the globe. Well, I it is a lot of service folks really have a hard time finding anybody to get help with. So yeah, yeah, I'm sure this is going to be a wonderful thing for a lot of them. Well, are, are you prior service or are you connected uh, with well, the military at all? I'm, I'm a veteran now. It's like I'm, I'm out of the military, but yeah, having been when I was in it, it was it was really hard to find anybody who knew anything at all to talk about, I actually ended up being the uh, person that everybody else was going to and on the basis that I went to. That was 20 years ago. Wow. Well, thank you for your service. <coughs> where where did we you serve? We wanted to briefly, we... briefly tell you about the, the cards for the troops. Yeah. Um, that is something that Reverend Dave Sassman, who was on earlier, was doing. Um, they were He was doing it last year. I'm not sure if he's doing it this year. Um, there are ways to send cards to the um, troops, and we wanted to find out if we could do something about that through um, Operation Circle now, Care. Good one. So, first one. of all, if you buy That's Cheerios, you can send cheer to military families, and you, it's, it's on the Cheerios.com website. They actually have um, cool little postcards in their boxes, and that goes to any service member, not just taken service members. Um, another resource is AnySoldier.com, and that will help you to um, find a service member and, and find out how to send them cool stuff in the mail, um, not just care packages, but cards as well for greetings. And I wanted to find out if um, Operation Circle Care, if we did a campaign to make um, greeting cards, Yule cards, if those could be distributed somehow, if we were able to send you cards and postage, if you have the names of service members to send cards to, maybe not just for you all, but for all the holidays. Yes, and actually we had a pilot program before the Yule packages, um, and Operation Circle Care took that form. Even before that happened, I was part of an effort to have cards go out around impulse time for Valentine's Day. And a youth group, a pagan youth group, made Valentine's for the pagan troops. Oh, that's a cool idea. And we, um, and I was very much involved in that process, and we sent them out to, they were all individually handcrafted as part of a pagan youth group project and they were just amazing i took some photographs of them so they're in our archives somewhere and at some point um, i will get them up 
and make them more visible for folks, but that'll probably take a while because I think it was before we really went digital. <laughs> uh, but it was really a wonderful experience, and the feedback we got from the troops, we focused on sending them to those who were overseas. So that's kind of foreshadowing um, what we have ended up doing with the Operation Circle Cares Yuletide Care Package Drive. For the first few years, it was pretty much going to war zones, and then we uh, expanded it last year to also include those um, who are deployed in other places overseas because with the war on terrorism, yes, there are war zones, but there are also people involved in some other areas that are having to deal with uh, kind of the ripple effects of the war on terrorism. And it's um, they might not be uh, publicly seen as being in a war zone, but they may be doing support for that. So that's how we broadened it. But that would be really fabulous. So yes, if you want to do that card project, I I would welcome it. And you can have some direct communication with Dave and Jeanette Ewing, OCC at CircleSanctuary.org. It'd be okay. just fabulous. Uh, I All see right. them in, in the chat room talking about that as well, uh, with how to get in t contact with them through OCC. Yeah, due to technical difficulties, we can't get into the chat room. We don't have the right software. So if somebody could post that onto the Pagans tonight or onto the Circle Facebook page, that okay. would really help us out. Okay. That sounds like a good plan. And I must say, I um, live in a forest and true broadband has not come to this part of America. And so I'm having to rely on um, Pam to uh, let me know what's in what's going on in the chat room. I um, I hope someday that we do get get faster internet where I can actually participate that way as well. But I want to um, very much thank you, AC and Dave for not only being on the show tonight, but I also want to do a shout-out for your magical media and really getting the news about different facets of paganism out and for helping people find out about this show tonight. Thank you. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad we could do that. And you Thanks. have a good evening and a blessed Veterans Day. Veterans Day blessings to you all, too. Thank you, AC and Dave. I also have uh, Chief Ward from New York on the line. And Chief Ward, welcome. Hi, how you doing? Thank you for holding so long. Oh, it's no problem at all. Um, I just, uh, I'm a former Marine. Uh, I spent 10 years in the Marine Corps uh, as a scout sniper with First Recon. Um, I, Thank you for your service. No problem. I, I appreciate, you know, a lot of times this day and age when you hear people thank you, um, it means a lot because I know as a pagan, raised as a pagan, um, I come from a gypsy background. Yeah. Um, and uh, better, and um, grandparents were, uh, were, uh, were uh, Romani. And um, I'll tell you, when I joined the military, um, we didn't have a choice as to what was, you know, our religious choice put on our dog tags. Um, 
I remember on my dog tags in particular, when I told them that I was a pagan, that I was, you know, basically I fell in the pagan category as a, you know, other out as a Romani as a Romani tradition. Right. Um, I was looked at with all different kinds of looks and everything because, you know, I wasn't of the usual denomination. And um, basically they put on my dog tags, non-denominational. And I still have them to this day. And what and year was that when you... This was 1993. So it was in the 90s already. <laughs> yeah, and this was 1993. And which part of the country were you getting your dog tags um, oh, well, I, I received, you know, you received, I was, I was at um, uh, Paris Island. Okay. And um, I recruited out of uh, Fort Hamilton, New York, in Brooklyn. Um, that's where the MEPS Center is here for anyone who recruits on Long Island or lower New York. Yeah. Um, and I tell you, when my wife is a, my wife is a pagan as well. Um, she's originally from Salem, Massachusetts. How funny is that? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so the guys at work, I kind of joke them. I'm like, yeah, I'm actually married to a Salem witch, a real Salem witch, you know. <laughs> and the guys, you know, there's a lot of, you know, you still have a lot of people. I got to say that, that, that it definitely has open-minded a lot of people lately. But um, back to the military, um, for a long time, there was like three other pagans, actually, that I met while I was in the military. And we actually used to do ritual together, but we would have to leave the base. Um, we were a camp unit at the time. We would have to leave the base, and you know we would usually go to a local wooded area, have our you know do ritual, and um, you know and there was a lot of persecution when guys found out where you were as well. Um, you know they always thought that you were bloodletting and, and all kinds of things. So, but when my wife told me about Circle Sanctuary and everything that was being done. Um, and I remember the fight to put the pentacle on our headstones. Yeah. Um, I was actually deeply involved with that in New York State. I'm actually the first uh, veteran in New York State to be permitted to have a pentacle on his headstone. That's fabulous. Um, and when I found out everything and my wife told me about the, um, the order of the pentacle, I was so happy and proud and to be a, even more to be a pagan, and that there was other pagans out there that actually, you know, um, took the time to recognize that there are pagans and a lot of us in the military. That's right. In the U.S. military. And I was so proud and so happy, and I just want to thank them, thank Circle Sanctuary and everybody for instilling that pride in me again as both being a vet and you know, being a, a, a pagan, um, I, I really appreciate it. Um, I was in a, a lot of uh, involved in a lot of conflicts during the military, my time in the military, and um, I just it just really, you know, um, I mean, we still see some negativity today, but that's you know, that's any pagan sees that now. My wife walked through the park, and because she was walking with her staff. You know, some guy said to his kid, "Oh, watch out! You know, she's gonna put a she's gonna put a hex on you, the voodoo woman." <laughs> and I just laughed at it because you know this day and age kind of stuff you laugh at. But um, I'm just wanted to say thank you, and and thank you for the pride that 
you know, I've been that uh, I'm, and I'm very proud to to wear that patch um, from of the Order of the Pentacle. I really you know, am. You know, what well, and I'm glad you have one of those patches too, and and we have been giving them out to the Order of the Pentacle members, and it's so amazing to go to a pagan festival and see Order of the Pinnacle members wearing the patch and uh, instantly recognizing it. We have a copy of the patch up at the Circle Sanctuary Military Ministries website. So, yeah, it's great. Well, well me and my be... wife definitely have a plan to visit Circle Sanctuary probably this year. Well, and I have, um, I guess, some happy news for you mm-hmm. that um, we have begun um, sponsoring a DFGL at Camp Lejeune to do some, uh, it's still going through some training program, but it's going to start doing some classes there, some wow. pagan classes. It's it's um, it's happening this year, so wow. know that your legacy there, you uh, laid the groundwork. Yes. And now it's starting to become um, more a part of the reality there. Wow, that really makes me really happy. And I, I was I was going to say it's it's Veterans Day to me that brings us all all into into focus. Uh, that people like you, Chief Ward, you fight, you risk your life, you serve our country. Uh, and you, you have a faith that's different, but you still serve our country. And I think people need to understand that, and people need to honor what you do. And it is freedom of religion, freedom of, of speech, all that stuff that we hold so dear to us. And, and thank you. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for coming on and supporting the show and being part of the Order of the Pentacle and and being willing to tell your story, too. Thank because you. It is an ongoing process to have equal rights for pagans within the military, and while we certainly have all made some progress overall, there are still some pockets of um, uh, of prejudice, I will say, and opportunities for us to have some communication and some collaboration and some bringing forth that warrior spirit that helped birth our great nation. The yeah. warrior spirit, indeed. And whether you know it or not, <laughs> you might laugh at this. Who taught? You know, the Marine Corps took me on as as a, and trained me as a sniper. But really, I didn't need that much training. My grandfather, <laughs> my gypsy grandfather, was the one who taught me <laughs> at, at, at seven years old. <laughs> well, that's and how I they think. Survived. Well, and being able to take that family tradition and and cycle it into um, standing up for freedom and serving our country, how fabulous that is. Definitely. And since we're talking about Marines, I want to honor Eric Erickson, who was a member of our community and a Marine, and who was one of the veterans that was very supportive of the Pinnacle Quest, just like you. While he has crossed over and is in the other world, he did get his wish of getting a VA-issued 
pinnacle marker, and it is up in Veterans Ridge of Circle Sanctuaries, um, Circle Cemetery, along with an image that he created out of iron. And if you want to find out, I guess, see that image, those of you who are listening now or be listening later, you can go to look at Veterans Ridge, the page um, connected with Circle Cemetery. You can either go to the Circle Cemetery page or you can go to the Military Ministries page and look at Veterans Ridge, and you'll see his artwork that he crafted while the Pinnacle Quest was going on. And and that is now up near where his cremains are. And it's continuing to remind us of um, service of those who have been pagan, who've been in the military. His particular faith symbol was a, a pinnacle. When I did his funeral, he was from this local area, Spring Green, Wisconsin. Um, it was had military honors and and local veterans group was there and had their guns and there was a color guard and and we did right by Eric. Wow. Um maybe what would be really nice before Memorial Day is to see if the families would release names of those who have passed who have the, the pentacles so we pagans could possibly uh go and and pay honor to those who have passed, that would be something to look forward to in the future. Uh, Yes, and and I actually, because of the Freedom of Information Act um, option, have the names of a number of those markers, those who have the pinnacle markers. However, I'm real sensitive to the issues regarding grieving Right. And loss. Well that's so why part of what get the family family. Yeah, so Google. yeah, so part of what's been I guess the process is as um family members have actually sought us out and have said, um, you know, thank you for making it possible to get this pinnacle on the stone or on the the um the marble that's a niche marker or on the brass or there's a number of different types of markers that the VA issues and mm-hmm. and we're starting to be in touch with more families now and sometimes it takes a couple years before they're at a place where um, they will reach out to um, others and I guess deal with the death in another way but we have been as we have heard from family members that it is okay to make, um, you know, to put their images of the grave marker up on our website, our Circle Cemetery Veterans Ridge um, website. We've started putting them up. We don't have them all up yet, and uh, Reverend Dave Sassman just got one from Indiana that we hope to get up soon. But I totally agree. I do think that it is important to honor those who are pagan that have these markers and that have served and memorial day is one of the times that we do that definitely well that's something for the future and speaking of the future tuesday night is going to be our regular slot tuesday night nine central time 
uh, expect an hour, maybe two like tonight. We didn't expect to, but it looks like we're going to have to wrap things up because we're running out of time. But uh, we'll be back again Tuesday night and featuring Don Walker, Michelle Boshears, talking about becoming a DFGL and what you can do to get involved at your local post, your local uh, base, whatever installation you're at. Uh, and yes, a, and and I'm going to be sharing some of my um, encounters with DFGLs, good encounters, and with pagan <laughs> circles at various uh, military installations. Most recently, it was celebrating the 10th anniversary of Fort Bragg Open Circle in North Carolina. And I was there at the main post um, chapel where the first part of the ceremony was at, and then there was reception in a nearby annex, chapel oh, annex, wow. and then we <laughs> went to the outdoor worship space that even has its own official sign that says worship space, which which I we're, thought we're was really fabulous. So I, I will go into more details, but yes, um, next Tuesday, come and join us because we will be having our very first show in our regular time slot. And as Pamela... Are you friends? <laughs> yeah. And please put the word out about this with others. Well, I think we have a few moments left for me to do a closing blessing, correct? Yes, please. So this is a version of a blessing that I used at a warrior honoring ceremony at the Michigan Pagan um, Festival that was outside of Detroit, Michigan, at Memorial Day. Blessings of the power of earth for those who have served and are serving on land. Blessings of the power of air for those who have served and are serving in the air. Blessings of the power of fire for those who have served and are serving under fire and fighting fire. Blessings of the power of water for those who have served and are serving on and near water. Blessings of the power of spirit, the warrior spirit, the pagan spirit, for those who have served and are serving. Blessings of the greater circle of nature of which we are all part. May the power of the divine is one, the divine is many. Be with us, be in us, guide us, bless us, protect us. Now and in the times to come. So mote it be. So mote it be. Wow. Very powerful. Can we use that every week? <laughs> well, you've read my mind. We'll be doing some version of that. And I want to thank you, Pamela. I want to thank Ed for 
guiding us through our techno-learning experiences tonight. (laughs) I want to thank all of our special guests tonight, Um, Dawn Walker, Dave and Jeanette Ewing, Dave Sassman, I want to thank Chief Ward. Yes, I want to thank all of our callers. I want to thank everybody in the chat room that um, put forth questions and discussion. And yes, what's going to happen within the next hour? I'm going to get my other computer out and (laughs) and find a way to post that photo on the Pagan uh, Military Association. Page. I tried to post it earlier today, but my internet connection, I was out and about, wasn't that great. So hopefully it's better now that it's later. And I want to thank everyone for your support of this show and for your support of Veterans Day and this pagan celebration. Thank you very much. Again, we uh, meet again on Tuesday night at 9 o'clock. This was just a special one for Veterans Day, so we'll see you again on Tuesday night. I just posted the Facebook page for the Pagan Military Association. Earlier today I posted a very interesting um, story about that empty table that I spoke about early on in the show, which is very interesting as well. And, uh, oh, wow, thank you for being part of the debut of Pagan Warrior Radio. And please contact us with any ideas that you have for uh, future shows. And uh, thanks, Selena. Thank you very much for letting me be part of this. Well, and I'm so glad we had a great evening together. I also want to do a shout-out to Pagan Newswire Collective, Kara Schultz, who um, also helped get the word out about the show tonight. And if you haven't yet seen her article which takes a look at Lackland Air Force Base. And um, in, in Tuesday, there's going to be something about the Air Force Academy and paganism there. Be sure to um, go to one of our pages, either my main Facebook page, or you can go to the Pagan Military Association page. You're going to see some links there. I also put it up on Twitter, so that's another way to connect. But I'm very thankful for... Um, her support and PNC Minnesota and some of their other um, allies that are out there in the pagan media world. Thank you all, and may our time together on this Veterans Day continue to be with us and keep us connected with each other and remind us that freedom isn't free and our rights are not automatic. Mm-hmm. We need to guard freedom, support freedom, and support those who have served and who are serving and their family, friends, and supporters that are helping to keep freedom alive. Hail Lady Liberty, hail Columbia, hail Libertas, hail Justice, and all those other wonderful sacred forms that are part of our country that have taken roots. Yes, and thank you. Thank you again, Selena. Uh, Again, Pagans Tonight, www.pagansTonight.com is where you can uh, hook up with us again on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Central Time. Also, the other Pagans Tonight uh, radio shows on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, Pagans Tonight, uh, the Witch School, for letting letting us use their space. 
letting us be part of their family as well. And it's, yes, there is a pagan radio network. It's Pagans Tonight. And you can listen to pagan shows every night of the week. So thank you, Ed and Tracy Thanks, and Don and everybody else that's part of the Pagans Tonight family. Blessings. Have a very good night. Have a great Veterans Day.